get it, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, topics, stipulations, first down, played it. Presenting topics for kind, easy to time, braided. Facts, keys to the city, we unlocking the statements. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. What a show we got for you today. We're talking some New York Yankee baseball, and Christmas came early for us Yankee fans. But are they done? We'll talk about that. Joe Aguayo will be joining us in just a few moments. And then the NFL. It comes down to why the New York Giants and the New York Jets are in the positions that they are, and teams like the Tennessee Titans, the Buffalo Bills, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and... Even the Baltimore Ravens comes down to one thing. Very simple. It's not about the talent. That has a part. But it comes down to the top, culture. That's why those teams are great. And that's why teams like the Giants and Jets are awful. We'll get into that as well. Like I said, Le'Veon, Saquon, why are they being underutilized this year? And which team has had the more impressive turnaround this year? The Titans or the Steelers? But we're going to start with the New York Yankees and Garrett Cole. That's what it comes down to. And Joe is going to join us, and I know he's ecstatic. I was ecstatic. I was at work. And, Ted, I know I, I, got, texted you. I got the news from you at 12 o'clock on Tuesday, and that's what it came down to. Look, coming into this year, we knew Garrett Cole was going to be a free agent. And all we heard throughout is, oh, he's going to L.A. He's a West Coast guy. He wants to be in L.A. because that's where he's from. He went to UCLA. And this was a third time. Third time's a charm. You know how they say the saying? Third time's a charm. The Yankees in 2008 drafted a kid named Garrett Cole, 28th overall. Guess what? He ended up deciding to go to UCLA. Okay, fair enough. 2017, the New York Yankees tried to trade for a guy named Garrett Cole in Pittsburgh. Kind of fell through. Didn't happen. So he went to the Houston Astros. What do you know? Two years later, third time's a charm. And, you know, everybody, kind of like me, T3. Are you sure about that? Ted the Third. Ted the Third. John the third. Theodore the Third. But we talk about this in the sense of I've seen so many people happy, complaining, contract is terrible. And, look, it comes down to how much do you want it? And this is for anything in life. You got to go above and beyond. And we'll talk about it with Nick Saban and Bill Belichick a little in the show, a little later on in the show. And why they're so much better than everyone else. Because we watched the documentary, or quick hour show between them two. And I highly recommend recommend that you watch it. It's called The Art of Coaching. It's Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. It's on HBO On Demand. Check it out. The New York Yankee legend himself, fan himself, Joe Aguirre's epic walk. But it comes down to everybody. I know there's been a lot of people complaining about this whole Garrett Cole thing. But when when you want something... And this goes for anything. This goes for anything in life. This goes for a job. This goes for bettering yourself. If you really want, put your mind to it, and you want to go get that. You want to go get that, as Brian Cashman called it, your white whale. Then you go do it. You go do it in any way you can. If you have to spend $300 million on them, then guess what? You do it. I know it's $324 million. It's ridiculous because we talked about it last year with the player contract. But that's how sports is nowadays. Every sport, players are going to be... You're going to be seeing quarterbacks soon getting $200 million contracts. 
That's just the way sports is, ladies and gentlemen. So keep complaining about it. It's just the way it's going. But you look at it. Brian Cashman, this is what the Yankees wanted. They wanted all in on Garrett Cole. They did it, Joe. I know it was nine years and 324, but I guess people forget that there is a fifth-year option. No, it's, he a fi- no it's not an option. It's an opt-out. Opt out. So Garrett Cole is a New York Yankee, and we were talking about it when it broke at 12 o'clock on Tuesday. And I think this in general, it's a win for the Yankees, but it's a win for baseball. This whole entire week, it's been bigger about than just – it's been about baseball because the last year at this time – we were hoping that Manny Machado and Bryce Harper would. Be, this is what would happen. Those two, we had to wait until I think almost March spring training. Teams were about to start. Pitchers and catchers were going to practice, and they were still not signed. This is a bigger win for baseball. I know the Yankees get Christmas a Christmas present early, and all Yankee fans. But this is a huge win for baseball in general because of the big names that have gone like that. How I mean, as a Yankee fan first, how do you feel? I know you're a happy man. Do you think they went too much on it? How how do you feel all in all about this entire situation with Cashman and the Yankees? Two quick things I want to note on this. Number one, the people who said that Hal was cheap and Cashman couldn't land a starter quickly became that you paid too much for too many years. That's what they turned into right away. Don't you love that? And, And here's another. Here's how ungrateful Yankee fans are. Where we don't, we never can appreciate a season. You win a World Series, and it's we just start talking about winning the next one. We we never we don't live in the moment. It, it's pathetic and sad. But we talk. We've because talked listen, about we, this last two years. We signed Cole, and here we are two days later. And you know what I'm hearing? Get Bumgarner too. How about Josh Hader? <laughs> yeah, you don't want. What I, other superstars can we add to the roster? Because I guess Hal just doesn't give a crap at all about his money. <laughs> so who else? You know what? And while we're at it, let's trade Voight and Frazier and, and Debbie Garcia and whoever else to get. Uh, Mike Trout. Uh, uh, <laughs> who's the kid from uh, the Pirates there? Uh, oh, Josh Bell. Bell. Josh, Josh Bell. Bell. Suddenly everybody wants. Josh Bell is no better first baseman than Luke Voigt, moron. Trev, what are you, you talking Trev, about? Remember the thing we saw last night? So we were on Twitter. You know, and I love Twitter because I love to see stupidity. Because that's what it's it is. It's all over social so, media. So it's one of the poll questions by a Yankee fan was, there were three choices. Which group would you rather have? A was just Trout by himself. B <laughs> was things. Judge and Seven. And three was Stan and, and Cole. And I go, and I just, and I. You didn't I, even say anything. You just said, uh, no, I didn't. What was it? Shake my head. I did, you just I, were like, who cares? Like, th- this is all now. Uh, I ha- This is what I hate. A big move like this. And then everybody starts becoming unrealistic with themselves. They start putting, oh, maybe the Yankees go get Cole or get um Trout and, and other people. I'm like. Who, who cares? Come on. It's, it's just a move. This is what the New York... Payroll's maxed out. This is what the New York Yankees wanted to do, Joe. Yeah. This is what the New York Yankees wanted to do, Ted. They wanted... There was their priority. Their priority was Garrett Cole. They didn't even care about... Yeah, they met probably with Steven Strasburg, but we knew Strasburg was going back to Washington. I knew it. I, I just I just felt it. He wasn't going to go to the Padres. He was going to go back there because they were going to give him the most money. This is what the New York Yankees' priority was. Getting Garrett Cole, they've had it for the past couple years. They've been this close to winning a title. It came up short. I know that people will say, oh, the pitching was good last year, but you need a true ace. And this is what Garrett Cole is. It is nice to have. It feels good to have a true ace. Your true ace made five starts last season. I like him as a number two. 
is, no. is Severino better at, uh, as a two? Sure. Is he an ace? Yes, unless you're an ungrateful person and you don't see what you have. I've seen a lot of people say, I don't know what, what Severino's going to have next year. And like, like, as if he forgot how to pitch. Yeah. Like, he's just been – he hasn't pitched – he hasn't picked up a baseball since the season ended. I Is that takes, what you think? But I think it takes off the pressure of him now with Cole Sure it in. does. I mean, all of their pitchers. Because, it's, I mean, you're, because, you're not talking about Tanaka's your four. Because we were relying – Holy about, smokes. Or, or your three, however you seem Ten, to. But, yes, oh, I, it's, it's amazing. And we're not even talking about Domingo Herman, who could nope. be your fifth starter. We don't know what the suspension – You know, I was Montgomery article, is another one. I was reading an article in the Post. People are forgetting about Montgomery. He's another one. He's another guy that's going to come off the thing. You're going to have Debbie Garcia. The bullpen is, is stout. All it did was just make everyone's life easier. When that's you what I'm guy, trying when, to say. And we've yeah. talked about this. We, what we had last year was a great pitching staff. And people complained, and the ERA was only 15th overall. Who cares? But you won 103 games, right? And half those guys missed time, right? Yeah. Just yeah. People forget all this. And then when you look at it this way. We, t- we joked about this, Joe. Remember, like, uh, the Yankees got a really good pitch staff, but they have all number twos. Paxson's a good two. Severino, Severino is the closest one A, to 1A, 1B. 1A, 1B. But when I, w- I look I at an ace, and, and we had the discussion, I look at a whole different category of ace. I look at the Scherzer and Strasburg. I look at DeGrom, even though the wins don't really get it. Is he trying to make it, me mad? Yeah, well, and, and, <laughs> and I'll relate it to this in football. <laughs> Remember a couple years ago, we we were trying to do this thing about grouping tiers of quarterbacks and about about elite quarterbacks. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we were trying to put like, eh, Matt Ryan's elite and Matthew Stafford's elite and Ben Roth. No, ben ben there, was... there's like elite is like three to four or five guys. That's why yeah, elite. you start shoehorning the, everybody the, like, into there's, there's elite. All, there's there's 22 guys on an all star basketball team, but then there's like three or four guys that are called it, superstars. Garrett Cole is your superstar. Here's my thing. He is your ace in the hole. Yep. He's the guy that goes. I can put him against anybody, anywhere, anytime, anyhow, and he's going to win me a game. And then I got the lineup and everything else in the team to back. All you right, up. real Here, quick, time out. No, no, no. Let me okay. ask you this then. Play a game with me for a minute, Ted. What is this? <laughs> I like this. Give me, give me the five aces of baseball. Right now, I would say Cole, Verlander, uh, Strasburg, and Scherzer, and then... I'm putting DeGrom up there. And DeGrom. I'm still putting DeGrom, DeGrom as five. Uh, I'll put DeGrom as five. So, Those four right, others? so part of the criteria is not winning games. No, 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 no. We're no, all clear no, on no, that. No, it doesn't have to be because oh, right. we pitch it. Kershaw was that guy. Not he's anymore. still on that wave. He's that 1A. He's felt, He's faltered. No, that was a trick question and, 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 because I wanted to see if you would put Chris Sale in that list. Because he, he's because two, years, no, 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 no. two years ago, yeah, well, but two, two years, years ago, ago over. Two, two years, years ago, over. spears ago. Because two years ago, Severino was definitely yeah, an ace. in that tier too as well. Oh yeah, yes. So all right, as, as long as I think as long as we can all agree that uh, ace status can 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 be fluid, then yeah. that there's five true aces in the game. Let's say. And that in you any agree given with, year, you agree with that? I could go along. Well, you sort of said like a one A one B. Seve, the I idea, would say when he's one hundred percent, I say he's in that one A one B tier. Like list. people made Patrick Corbin out to be like he was no. Jericho and Strasburg. No. no, he is a very good pitcher, but he's but, not a number one. He right. was a number one in, in Arizona because he was the best available option for them in Washington. You've just seen it. He was a number three. That's what he is, a number two or a number three. And I said that this is great for the Yankees because now, especially Severino, who's young, Tanaka and Paxton, it takes the pressure, the burden off of them now. With Cole coming in, 
now the pressure's on Cole. Cole, yeah. you have to come in. You are the highest paid pitcher in all of baseball now, forever. Who knows if it's ever going to get bigger than that? Who knows? We never know. With the way the market is, it could. Come on, Garrett Cole. Seve, Paxton, Tanaka. Oh, don't worry about it. They can do their thing now instead of facing that pressure like they've had to the past couple years. This is a huge win for the Yankees. Yankee fans should be ecstatic about it. Who cares about the years? You wanted an ace. You got your ace. Now we're not happy about it. You're here to win a championship. If he wins three championships in that time frame, that is a major, major Pe win. People act people like already it's their, it's their People money. have already right. said. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the funniest thing. People are like, he'll be done in three years. You sound like an idiot. Three you years. are a sports well, fan. You are. If he got hurt, knock on wood. That's one whole year that he's out. He's coming back for the next two. So you're telling me he's got two years and he's done? Can I give you, you my know prediction? How stupid that's I figure you're gonna get five superstar seasons. Thirty-four years old by time. Yes. You get three mediocre seasons where you're like, I want more out of my ace, and then one year where he just doesn't pitch. But and here's that's the thing, at the end so, of his career. Sure, I think and that's I mean, gonna look something thing, like that, and you'll live with it. It's a nine-year contract. Now, we'll see what happens in the fifth year. We'll worry about that. But at the time he'll be thirty-four. That's still very good in this game. And we were talking. But hold on. The I, only way the only way he opts out after year five. Well, this is like the Stanton thing. He would hold on, but he would have to have won the Cy Young, the Cy Young, come in second, Cy oh, Young, I know. Cy Young. Because otherwise, you're not getting any more money or any better deal than what you what you already have. It's kind of like the Stanton deal. Absolutely. And, and he's not gonna Stanton's opt out because he's never he's gonna not opt out. Again, unless if Stanton hits 78 home runs next season, yeah. maybe the offers to play back in, but you're not ever going to get a better contract when when you're not playing up yeah. to your contract. And here's the thing. No, you're right. Cece was 40 years old and Bill pitching here and, and at times was very valuable to the Yankees. Yep. Cole's not even going to be at that age. And what's to say in nine years we were looking at pitchers? We never thought 10 to 15 years ago that quarterbacks in the NFL were going to play till 40 years old or 42, 43, 44. We're looking at that now in the NFL where quarterbacks are still playing 33. What's to say in ten, eight, nine years that pitchers, look at, you don't uh, see pitchers uh, lasting long look at because of innings How about and that? analytics. Well, sure, well, hold on, hold on. With but limited look, innings, look you, at his, you will have longer careers. Look at his for, look, former teammate. Verlander. Justin Verlander is 36 years old, going to be 37. Still pitching at a, a weak level. Max Scherzer is going to be 35 years old, pitching at a, an elite level. Clayton Kershaw is getting up in age two. He still pitches at an elite level, not in the postseason, though. Garrett Cole, that's fine. He's going to pitch for listen, a, a as, long time. He's Yankees, still 29 years old. Right, but, but, I think 30. people understand. It, it's not speed. It's not It's not the 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 pitches you throw. It's the, it's the mass because, you know, you look at a guy like Greg, like Maddox. Greg Maddox. Perfect example. <laughs> you're, you're right where I'm at, you know. Greg Maddox stayed successful because Greg Maddox knew how to pitch. Greg Maddox w was a guy who could throw hard, and as the velocity went down, he learned how to really a nibble and never give in. A guy like Garrett Cole, who really relies on the fastball, knows how to pitch. He what, knows how to pitch. Well, if you know the thing about Verlander, Verlander said if this kid is in very intuitive, and that's something. Oh, that's why I wanted to ask you guys a question. He's very analytical. That's what I was my question. And here's the thing. Like, David Cohn always makes a point on the yes when he's talking about the Yankees. Like, El Duque and certain stuff. When you don't have your best stuff, your best games are the ones that you can get through six innings when you don't have your best stuff, and you're working, and you're using garbage, and you're working the corners, and you're digging dunk, and you're changing the eye level of the batter. 
Listen, Garrett Cole is that type of guy. Right now, you take his best stuff. He's, got, just, 90, he's got 98 to 100 mile an hour stuff. He's got a nasty curveball. Nasty and, slider. And, and a slasher I mean, got, and a changeup. And he's going to get away with that for the next five years. Let me but ask that's you this. okay. When that time comes up when he's 34, he's going to redevelop as a pitcher. And you're going to be able to – because guys like Maddox and Glavin and David Cole – listen, CeCe had to reinvent himself the last three years, okay? He wasn't the same 96, 97, 2009. You just – you just said about the analytics right now. Is it a call? Who is that? It's a no on rich call. Oh, boy. Let's hear it. It's not even connected, so. It's not even connected? Well, we can't get them on there. We're not connected. Call back after break. We'll get you in. We're uh, having some technical difficulties here. You talked about the analytics. I'm glad you said that. Do you think analytics was actually the driving force and the main reason why he signed with the Yankees? Because he's really big on yeah. analytics. And we know about how the Yankees are with analytics with Boone and now Matt Blake. So do you think that I know Pettit was there, former Astro played with the Yankees. Yeah. But do you think that he was that could have been a major? This was all part. Look, this to me this goes back to last off season with Patrick Corbin. They knew Patrick Corbin wasn't an ace. That wasn't the guy you were going to spend yeah. the years and the money. That's what they they passed. Because what was it? Seven. Already, what was they already it, seven had two years? of them. Right. They already they had seven years. What one seventy? No, six, six. Six for one forty. And he, they didn't want to go past five on him, and it made sense. Now the Dodgers offered. Funny. Now the Dodgers offered eight years. Uh, talk, we're talking about Corbin. No, oh, I know. We're, but talking, we're, about we're talking about Cole in the sense Dodgers offered eight years. Angels offered 300. Now, people were mad about the 9 and 324. He did it perfectly, Trev. You want your guy? How much are you, or in life, how much are you willing to give up to go to the go extra get mile? Something? Oh, yeah. You might lose something, but you might gain two steps. Yeah. Yankees know, understand that it's really a yeah. seven year deal. You're going to eat the last two years, probably, because the Angels knew that when they were getting pool holes. And Yankees understood that when they were getting Stanton for 13 years. You're going to have to do that with because that's a guy that they know it's not about the last two years, it's about the first five or six. What were you going to say? Sorry. So then the Yanks stand pat at the trade. Then again, same thing. Didn't want to overpay. Didn't want to expend. Roman. It just, it wasn't worth it. And so they stood pat. The idea that, that, that Matt Blake was their guy that, I mean, look, Pettit. Yeah. Obviously having pitched in Houston, having gone to a world series and lost with Houston, you couldn't find a better guy to come talk to Cole about the transition to New York. Who was at Yankees, went to Houston and came yeah. back. And another yeah. guy who had to reinvent himself later in his career. Mm -hmm. He's still part of the Yankees organization. They said, CC said it on the hot stove. When Brian Cashman gets on the plane and comes to your house, it means, you know, business. It's business. yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Let me give you one more. Didi Gregorius signed for how much? One year, 14 mil. And Jacoby Ellsbury was due how much money this year? 22 and a half? Yeah, or 23? Do what? the math. It doesn't matter. Yeah. What's 22 and 36? Hmm. How much I, is Cole I, getting paid a year? Earlier in the day when I saw Didi was gone and had signed with Philly, I, I realized in that moment the Yankees were like, we're not giving you that kind of money for one year. Sorry. And, but We're that, not. But that's what I thought when we talked about this the last couple of weeks. I said that's the private type of deal that he would get, like what Gardner yes. got. I know we'll talk about it in a couple minutes, but I thought that's the deal that the Yankees would do with Didi one year. Get your back out, perform at a high level like you are, yep. kill, win the World Series, and do what Anthony Rendon did. Bounce and go get your four years, $100 million deal. I wonder if the Yankees intend, and, 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 and there was a reason they re-signed Gardner. We need outfield depth. You don't need it in the infield. Miguel Andujar is is a fine fielder. Let's not forget, he struggles with the release and the throw. We could fix that. Can you put him at second base? But what about DJ? 
No, he's you just, can move. You can listen. He's I, looking my, for versatility. That's I'm looking for about. versatility, okay. and I think you could play Andujar at second. I think you could play him at third. First. I, I think, think you could teach him first. first I think you could teach him left field. Where if he's doing it a game in a week, or he plays left field three times a month. And then he maybe he mostly DHs Stanton you in and out. Maybe Stanton like gets hurt. Whatever the case may be. Another version of a DJ. I, I, or a utility I, I guy he could play anywhere. For I him, think hopefully? he's athletic enough that he wouldn't embarrass himself. Again, the big problem is making the long throw over to third base. This guy's not a natural third baseman. But neither was A Rod. A Rod had some no. issues. He was one of the best shortstops ever. Okay, and he made the adjustment Most because of the Latin American players are shortstops. Who convert to other positions as they get Machado? Into, that's it. Machado exactly. was a shortstop, and he went to third base. And when they, yeah. the Yankees were looking at him, he was going to have to play third base because yep. yeah. that was to happen. Even though his natural position Even was shortstop. Look, everybody wants. Uh, there's Yankee fans that are complaining about this whole cold deal, and, and people are and the haters are going to hate. That's that's just how fans are nowadays. Well, because it's a New. But, I said if it's look, the New York Yankees. I said so, if this was the Detroit Tigers or if the Angels, just say the Angels got him. Would anyone really say anything? They'd be because they're like, ah, Mike Trout could finally get to the playoffs. Well, that's I what said, everybody wanted. I know, and I said, well, yeah. like that, like, but here's the thing. as if, as if adding Garrett Cole and Dylan Bundy was gonna make that god awful team a World Series contender, and it, because it's not, it it's still was gonna finish second or third. Yeah, so probably look, third, but when maybe you, you win ninety games instead of eighty-one. Because you, how does the Oakland A's, considering who, who, who's their ace, right? You can't name their ace because you don't know who it is, and. It's They're the guy that's pitching best at the end of season. April. When, and, and Matt Chapman's yeah. their best player at third base. Look, player. and we're going to talk about it with Bill Bill in the show. And how are you willing to go? How much are you willing to sacrifice? The New York Yankees know how how big Garrett Cole could have been for them. I don't care about the money. Whatever it is. It is what it is. $324 million. What the world they series in a decade. They wanted, first time they, since the 19th. They wanted Garrett Cole. That was their top priority. They went to get their guy. How much are you willing to spend? How much are you willing to go in life? If you want to be just subpar, then don't make the be aggressive. If you want to be great Absolutely. and excellent, you have to be go take that next and be aggressive. That's why guys like Saban and Bilicek are at the top of their professions or college as well. well. Here's the, That's other, the thing. And there are other guys like Shermer and Adam Gaze who will be fired in the next two years because they suck. Okay, you want to suck? That's what, that's how it's going to be. You want to be great? You go for what you want. That's what the Yankees did. So stop complaining. You want to hate? Hate. That's good. Be a fan. Be a fanatic. But then also just again, if 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 Anaheim would have signed Garrett Cole, they would be celebrating that signing from the day it Are happened. Me? They would have had a World Series parade uh, already. Until spring training. They, yeah. That's all and, they'd be talking and about. And fans would be happy. But since it's the New York Yankees, yes. we have to just be like, it's like, it's it's how it is. And here we are two days later, and we want Kluber and Lindor <laughs> and Baumgartner and Josh Hader. And it's like, shut your mouth, Well, let me get, I'm, idiot. I'm, I'm glad you said that. Happening. I'm glad you said that. Because you think about the past two off seasons, and we're going to shift over to this. Past two, two off seasons. How, my God, how it's day and night. <laughs> Last year, at this time, we were talking. There was nothing to talk about with baseball because we were hoping that Machado and Harper and two years and, ago, and, too, and if Kim, you remember, and same Kimbrell thing. and guys like that, they were going to move and big names and trades. Now you look at it, and there was nothing that happened until March. We didn't really talk a lot about baseball. In the Euro Yankees, a usual talk. We weren't talking a lot because there wasn't a lot to talk about. Now you go a year from now and look at all the moves so far. 
and it's just beginning. The winter meetings just happened, and the three biggest names that were on the market this year are gone. They're on a new team, or they're stayed. Strasburg it's, it's won. Good. It was good Strasburg, for baseball because it was a, it was a perfect Strasburg Monday night, week. cold Tuesday, and then Rendon. If you're Scott Boris, my God, have fun enjoying wherever the hell you are right now because you're probably living in uh, who knows? Listen, he's been living he's good. He's probably but. on his own dessert island right now. And he's having still, a nice and he's, margarita and he or had something. Stock he doesn't have a son or somebody he could like, like some can get rich off players. Is there anyone else? It's amazing what he does. Yeah, it is. He's it's like the only. Sick. We had talked about. Do you want to know something? He's like the only MLB agent that you like. I There's took, like three of them that you even know. About, it's ridiculous. Think about this. Free agent spending. I took this. This would be how different two years have been. Last year at this time, winter meetings. Four hundred seventy-five million spent. You know how much it has been this year? Thirty-eight billion. <laughs> Most of that's the call, <laughs> and that's point, fine. One billion. Yeah. Oh, there you go. In winter meetings, one point three billion. Just and like that, how crazy this season. Can I tell you change. what the difference between this off season and the last two off seasons? Yeah, they realized last couple seasons hurt baseball. No, no, go ahead. I'm just no. Baseball's not that smart. They're just not. But remember, because, it was, because what I've been saying this for a while. At the trading deadline, I know ESPN and some of them, they do like the hot stove show. It should be 24-7. There should be leakers and rumors and like the fake rumors because we want it. Wow, did you just use the fake I did. We want, we want the rumors. We want to know what's going down off-season trade deadline. And I feel like baseball is – that's like the best part of the year for baseball. And they really – don't Baseball capitalize on it because the NFL trade, um, not the trade deadline, but free agency is always huge yeah. first week. And we and the and, look and, at the and NBA best, this year. And the best part of the NBA, look at other the, other than the finals, and they have a window. Yes, yeah. Look they have at a the, window. Sign guys in. Look at the NBA. And it makes that window of time very exciting. I mean, but we also talked about this though. What was key though, and what you didn't have in last year, which happened this year, is all the big names because that's what has to happen. The top tiers have come off, then everyone Hold else on. they can budget. But difference, and what made it all happen this year, the Yankees. The Yankees are involved. Well, the Yankees last you season were, they, they, they last were, season, look, but they how weren't. serious were they? They were, but they, they weren't. weren't. They, how serious? They, they had a half a foot in. Kicked their tires on a lot of these. They were because they're the Yankees, but they weren't serious. Right. Like this year, they were all in on Cole. That's who they wanted. Right. Sure, Stop with year, the Rendon and the Strasburg. They were all in Cole. That I was love, their guy. I love when Cashman last year was like, "We're not on." He was like, "He's in on Harper." I thought it was. I thought you it was kind of like maybe he's going to. He's, he's going to come up from could have been the grave, and they were. What is much you know? I remember when when the seven years one seventy five came out for Machado from the White Sox. Yeah, and it's like, well, if that's what the price is, yeah, it's take them. Yes, we and know it wasn't. That wasn't, wasn't the price. Ended up becoming yeah. But if that would have been the price, then yeah, I'm sure the Yankees were like seven years one seventy five. Oh no, that's not even. Then no, we're out. <laughs> but you had that. You, the Yankees didn't, and the same thing two years ago, and and that off season where I think the only guy that really signed was uh, Victor Martinez with the Red Sox. Uh, oh, JD. That Ma- oh, JD Martinez. Again, yeah, the, Yankees, a, yeah. the Yankees mostly Victor sat that Victor, off season Victor's off. Victor's cousin, you know what I mean? Yeah. When the Yankees and the Dodgers actively pursuing, it's yeah. and you're Scott yeah. Boris, you don't want anyone to sign. You want that to drag on because you want teams to get desperate. Because here's the thing: when the Yankees are in. They drive up the market. But here, exactly. But here's the thing. First of all, you know they're going to win if it comes down to money. If that was the question, they were always <laughs> going to win. Yeah, they but you, you need. Which is why, and again, Garrett Cole was quick to say that there's no California bias here. I want the best contract. But then we're going to win. And we knew that. That was great. But weren't in last season, who's driving up price? Who am I? Who does no, Boris yeah. have to leverage against? There was nobody. 
And I mean, right? Think about Victor Martinez two years ago. Twenty million. He loves Victor Martinez. But he was on the Red Sox. We, from November. It's gonna be like five years, one t- and and as <laughs> because they're just waiting, and they were hoping anybody else would be like, "How about if we throw it?" No, nobody's in. That's why the Yankees could have like thrown an offer out there just to maybe get a bump. That's what makes it fascinating. Then he might take it. That's what makes it fascinating. You look at the the NBA and the MLB. They're two since right now. The NBA was so great in the, in the, after the finals because of the movement. The it's play, chaos. The big names, Always. KD, Kyrie, Jimmy Butler, Kawhi, Paul George, Anthony Davis, Zion come into the league. It was just so huge for NBA. It was a huge win. And that's why you look at baseball right now. The three top guys are gone. And off the market. And it's, a yes, the teams that got their guys, Rendon, that was the Angels' like backup plan. Strasburg went to the Nationals. You knew it was going to happen. And then Cole got there. And Cole now goes to the Yankees. You got to make this it's a point, win though. for baseball other than those what, teams. The Cole move for the Yankees also has a domino effect throughout the whole major league. Because here's what you got to say. Now the Red Sox know. They're the alpha. The Yankees are the, the Yankees alpha. Yankees are of the alpha. And everyone yeah. is. But they haven't won anything. But now we're not we're not saying they haven't won anything. Now the Dodgers. Okay, first of all, the cold move. What it does is you knock the Angels, so they don't get their ace in the hole that they thought they were gonna. So now they have to reevaluate their whole system. Kluber. They, they go get. They're gonna go after Kluber. No, what I'm saying is they go get Redone. Okay, nice backup plan. You put him in the lineup with Trout and all the rest of the guys that they have in their mm-hmm. lineup. They're looking at secondary pitching, so that's where they're gonna go. The Dodgers now. What you're hearing from the Dodgers is. They're looking to make a move for Lindor for the Indians because they they need a spunk. They're yeah. looking something big. They need big, something. Okay, <laughs> and you're also hearing moves. I also read an article last night. They're looking to go get Patances, and they're also looking at maybe Bumgarner. I don't see Bumgarner going to the Dodgers. That's like no, that's like Jeter going to the. That's like Jeter but, going. But to what the, it does right is insane though that these teams that are like perennial contenders will after three years of not getting the promise, I'm like we'll blow it up and we'll we'll blow everybody but, out and bring all new guys in. And that's the love. But they're trying to compete. Being a big market team. But what I'll say is like I'll use it in this basketball reference when Kevin Durant. And I'm not saying Kevin Durant, Garrett Cole, same thing. But when Kevin Durant went to Golden State, it was like, changed the landscape. Changed the whole landscape. Yep. And everyone else was trying to make moves on their team to figure out how they can beat Golden State. Remember, Houston made all yeah, the moves. You of course. Chris Paul, and then now they got Russell. It was all about I beating know, Golden I, State. Trust me, I know. The Red Sox, knowing the situation they are salary cap-wise, the possibility of them trading Mookie Betts to either the Cardinals or the to Mets. Who, the Mets, the Dodgers, whoever. Mm-hmm. Is going. It has an effect because of situation and knowing that the Yan- that they have to compete with the Yankees because yeah, this Yankee team is not built for next year and the next two. Look at what they have. They have one old player on the team, and it's Gardner. Everyone else is under thirty. Judge is under thirty. Sanchez. Cole's Glaber, about to be thirty. Cole. Seven. Devies, seven when he becomes a free Tanaka's agent again. Up, he's going to be twenty nine. But, there in age. Paxton's but up the in majority there. of the team. Yeah. And the and the purpose of this team is young. This team is built for the next five to seven. If they don't win a World Series, w- w- minimum twice within the next five years of goal- Coles yeah. before his opt-out year, it will be a disappointment. Mm-hmm. Because the question I have for a lot of Yankees fans is, what is deserve? What is good enough to say the contract was worth it? Is it one World Series? Because that's what CC got out of you. CC one World Series. Is it two? Is it three? I think How for a guy like this, as I a think Yankee for, fan, I think for, for Yankees, you to solidify that that contract was worth I the think money. one's not enough. I think at least I say minimum two. From my I perspective, think gonna, I think he's fan. gonna get three out of this. But two, I mean two. I think three's a lot. Yes, that's true. But two, I, I, I'm confident I'm, because there's injuries and being, there's things that happen. But two out of five is still really good. Two out of five. Oh, two out of five. Yes, three out of 
nine, I could see three out of nine. Two out of five, if he gets two out of five, how can you not be happy? Because how can you, yeah. how because can you, you assume be Sanchez, Glaber are all going to be So you got to get three big horses at that. Then you know you what type of team you are because you're the Yankees. You're going to go get people. Yep. You're going to have Seve for until he's 29. That's going to become a free agent again. I was looking up again because they were trying to figure out who would be that next maybe $300 million. Syndergaard would be 29 when his free agency comes up. Seve. But this team is still built for why the next you, three to four years. Why do you think there's so many big names that have been associated with rumors? Like you're hearing Arenado. Chris Bryant, Lindor, because of salary, it's just it's the Cubs and it's, Colson, it's, oh, yeah, and the salary. I mean, and Trevor should never signed a deal with the Rockies like that. I don't know Tra why. He and did, here's the other thing, but too, to what see this names point, like that, it's it's fascinating. But what to what we were trying to theme this show of is about culture. Yeah, because yeah. because what we watched. The, and we'll talk about in football. We watched a uh, documentary last night called I Have to Watch It. Art, Art of Coaching. It's just Saban and, Saban and Belichick. And it talks about their philosophy, wow. everything right. that they've gone through. And you want to know why up. they go above and beyond, why they're better than everybody else? You have to watch it. And I'm you think you. about what, Highly the, recommend. what the Cubs did. They brought in Theo Epstein. They brought in John Lester. They made moves. They brought in Ross, now their manager. They yep. had Chris Bryant. They brought Rizzo in. They made moves. But what happens is, and they brought Joe, Joe Madden. Yep. Now look, the culture has kind of died out. Yep. They need a reboot. They need something to spark them. Chris Bryant has had some ankle injuries. He's not produced. And they understand that they have to re-inject their system. So Chris Bryant doing is trying to get the ball rolling. But do you also think your culture can get boring. And if you don't make a coaching or a No, that's all, true. You Make the jump. You become but the do same. you think it's one step? I'll go further. Is that we've been talking about baseball? Baseball doesn't ever market their players. It's like kind of like they market I don't know, teams behind basketball, and and they're behind basketball and football. But do you think they're doing this? All these rumors and stuff because of the marketability. They want to market their stars, and it's helping baseball, and it's getting fans' eyes. They're like, oh wow. Well, basketball is kind of like eh right now. But look at baseball. There's a lot of big Mookie Betts, all these guys. Whoa. As a sports fan, that gets you going. That when the Yankees and, and, and the Angels are all looking to improve their teams and to spend, they're willing to trade. Then then Arenado yeah. and Bryant have good farm systems, and there's, there's stuff to be had out of there. The idea that I could trade Arenado to the Yankees, this stupid idea, but and get it and do hard. Sign me. And, like that's that's pretty appetizing. I'm looking at a guy who's a year away from the big free agent payday, and I'm not I'm not going to be able to re-sign him. Mm -hmm. And I, at that point, depending on how, because maybe we're kind of going to at least look. I mean, with move those guys, all of like four or five guys, it'll be a year or two. Okay. Listen, do and, it. And, yeah. and so when Colbert was out, they still they were in They're playoff contention. Winning. They still they would still had. Up 160, they were in contention for a wild card spot. So, so, and you got to understand, this is like the Yankee thing. We made an argument about two years ago when people were so pissed. That understand who they got? They got Chapman. They got uh, because it's that year. So you got to understand every team. There's like three teams that no. are the Yankees. No, there's no so, team. There's no team. So like the you Yankees. have to know when to sell and when to buy. The Cubs bought a couple years and it worked and it got them the world. Got them that world. Now that's why they're talking about trading Chris Bryant. The Red Sox, they understand they're not going to be paying $300 million for Mookie Becks next year. It's just not going to happen. That's why they're talking about trading David Price. That's why they're trying. They all want to rebuild No, we their need farm to keep system. David Price in the AL East. He's the greatest Yankee behind. <laughs> we need to keep David. Big market teams have to. Again, if you think the Yankees, well, what's it going to also cost for, for, for oh, yeah. Judge? I mean, they yeah. factored oh, all yeah. those oh, things. Come on. Yeah. Of course. They're thinking about going forward when guys, guys like LeMay, who want yeah. to do. Are you, will you this deals up next back? year. Sure. So real calling because I said uh, Cole would opt out back to yeah. back to back Saw Youngs and apparently Nolan's comprehension is low. 
What I'm saying is, is it's not going to happen. Opt out because he's not going to win. Because otherwise, there would be no. You're not going to get more if you haven't pitched outstandingly. For so years. At him at 34 years old. Let's let's think for a second. So say he wins. I don't think he wins two Cy Youngs out of the five years, right? Two. He wins 20 games twice, and he wins two World Series. So he, he's. I don't think. He, do you think he gets a Strasburg? That's what I'm thinking. He, he, you're getting because you still have Strasburg's four years left. What are you gonna? You want five? So you yeah. take you from you. You're not gonna get thirty six. So, so what a year th- again? Unless five six years, all five years better all be for nominals. Otherwise, no one's gonna. If they're, they're like, gonna be like you're not worth that if, much if money like annually. This year that he just had. If he's playing like Verlander at 36, then but here, if you know, he's he won't that, be 36. Then you want to opt out listen, and, and yeah. see what he you He won't be 36. He'll be 34. So you know what, what I mean? What's but a if realistic he's contract that, that would be offered? I would say if he's still too much play- would be five years, 200, because that would bring him to 39. That would be oh, oh, that would be 40 million. If he's million still over. playing like Verlander was two years ago, where Verlander was one of the best and in the game, then you have that big contract. Let's say Yankees just re-sign him like they did with Chapman and the deal. Could do that, too. I think he's a Yankee. One more thing, Me personally, I think he's going to re-sign I had the picture up that he was in Game 7 of the Warriors in 2007. And it, 2007? Not, 2009. Hold Don't on. get excited. The Red Sox it was, were in Hold on. I'll pull up the picture. One more thing Today, tomorrow, and forever. For Nolan, real quick, uh, yes, the Yankees are better than Houston because Houston's best pitcher is now. Is now- so just based on how the season's ended, you swap the that ace for nothing, that's the better team. I mean, that's... Yeah, seems pretty. Yeah, basic. I mean, if you watch I, all the, I, I can't if you wrap watch your all head the, around if that. you watch that's all the, that's just fans. That's just not being a smart. Well, if you fan, just watch all the like MLB that, teams on. and look at the, the Vegas New York stuff. Yankees are the best team in baseball right now. It might not happen next year. Who knows yeah. what happens? But right now, they are the best team in baseball. I do not think so. You are not watching the same product that we have been watching. If it's this guy simple, if doesn't put the Yankees over the top, then the Yankees have much bigger problems than we thought. <laughs> yeah, but I yes. don't see it. They that won way. 103 games with Judge and Sanchez and Stan yeah, but, but and they, Seve. But they on, lost the ALCS to a 107 win team, so they suck. So no, no, I know. But, That's what stupid people. That's what stupid. So people you just say. had. You just had your possibly the rookie of the year out for the season. Didi was out till July. Hicks was out for pretty much ninety five percent of the season. Judge was out for at least fifty. Sanchez went on the DL twice. Stan eighteen games during the regular season. Seve missed five months. They won one hundred three games with five backup players as a team. Tachman, Gardner, and Claiborne Mayberry outfielders. Romine was their catcher. Paxson didn't even get to full strength until halfway until July. And okay. still, man, is, and, 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 and the list team, could go on. And this team won 103 games. Now, I'm not saying we know in baseball injuries happen. We have the freak show that we had this year with 37 guys going on the injury <laughs> list. Yeah. And you just picked up the best pitcher in baseball to say that they're not the – Formidable favorite, two to one. Yeah, you're not. It's not even close. You're not not watching the same thing that people have been watching them because you really. That would be like saying the Baltimore Ravens are not the best football team. You're just, yeah, you're just being a a non-Yankee, anti-Yankee fan. That that's just pretty much a anti-Yankee hater. That's just pretty much by what you just said to me. The only way, if he said that Houston is still better than the Yankees right now. You're just being Houston would have to get someone. Okay, they have Granky, so they have two good still pitchers. They still have a great lineup. That's not going to change. They would have to get someone who knows like what a Patrick hap- Corbin who knows what's gonna or a Bumgarner or someone though. really serious to really shoot. They're still going to have it with this whole investigation thing. You know, this yes, is not, who knows that's what, under the radar now. But don't worry, Houston. They're, 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 they're still talking. And listen, this is without – we haven't really signed Batances. We haven't signed the other role players. Yeah. We still have the best bullpen. 
our lineup still hit 305 home runs with all those guys that was just telling you about that didn't play. Judge didn't play all season. I mean, just think about that. Could've Put have, it in your mind that they could have had half 305 a home runs with Stan and, and Judge not playing Imagine. over 120 games. Uh, Steve Risser said Colt was the difference in the ALCS. That's incorrect. I mean, Cole had one start. He did all right. And he would have pitched game seven and could have been the difference maker, but we never got there. So that's that's not an accurate statement to make. Cole wasn't the difference maker. Verlander probably was. Yeah, ALCS. What? He said Cole was the reason the Yankees no, didn't win. Wait, what? But again, that I'm saying make, if even, Cole was on this side... Easy win, no, the difference was Altuve hit the home run against Schmidt, and, and we didn't, we've been talking we didn't so much well. about Cole and stuff, and, and a huge win for the Yankees, and it's a huge win for baseball. But also, the Yankees did lose someone, and it was a fan, it's a fan favorite, Didi. That was the same day that the whole Cole thing happened, the whole Cole movement happened. But you don't think you, the Yankees knew that was already happening? Why did Joe just say, "Oh, the, well, here's twenty-two what, and fourteen is thirty-six"? I mean, the the math was is all it, there. Do, it just made. Do you sense. think this is now the sign of Glaber? Guess what? You yes. are going to be the shortstop oh, yes. in the future. Do you have you have in Glaber? I know right now he still has where Didi was great defensively. Yeah. Do you know Glaber Torres is analytically a better defensive shortstop than Didi was? Oh my last god, year? I'm glad you said that because I was gonna say I feel like I feel like I he's a better too? I think he's a better <laughs> shortstop than he is a second baseman. I've always That's his to, natural position. Well, you can tell. They you knew can that tell the whole because time. anything to his left, even pop ups, he tends to struggle with. Which is because that's not he's used to being on this side of the field, not here. He's good this way, and that's why he's DJ's Lemayhew's natural position is second. You're putting guys back to where they need to be, and again, I think you can use Andujar at first, second, third. I think for seven innings, and then you put the right guy in for the last two innings for defense or whatever. That's great, but you're going to need the depth. You're not giving that guy up for nothing, and you could say, well, they could trade him for pitching. Do they need more pitching now? They don't. They don't need any starting pitching. They don't. Now, actually, what they need is a third baseman they can guarantee and rely on. And that need, might be a new or it might be uh, Yankees just need I, depth. I think Batanz is the loss of Batanz if he becomes uh, an ex-Yankee. I think it's. I think it is a big loss. I still, to me, that's just me. I, I know, don't. I know you guys might think differently than I me, know. which is fine. We got through the whole still, season without him. He's, I know, he's, but he's, he's but he could have luxury. That's what he is. And... It's a luxury. That's why I think they're going after. He's a luxury. That's why I think they're going after Hater. Debbie Garcia. But you're not going after Hater because they're not going to give up their top guys. Debbie Garcia or Michael King or some other flamethrower from the minor leagues could certainly step up and give you give you that kind of middle relief and be an extra. You still got you hoping Garcia comes in. As not a bullpen guy and a no, as one don't. of our starters. I wanted him to be our if, one of at one our, of the few. No, I don't. I want him to be if our If Debbie Garcia comes up to the Yankees at some point next season as a starter, no, no, not something as a horrible no, is happening. No, not as, no, no, as a starter next year. I'm talking about in the future. Don't oh you, yeah, you want him. You're hoping where that did, he becomes but, like. But where did Luis Severino start? Se, yeah. Where did Mariano? Oh, I'm sorry. No, Mariano started as a starter. starter. Right. But here's but the, I, I think to get Debbie up and let. I mean, start him at AAA. Start him at AAA because he struggled there. Yeah. But that was after a, a long season playing a couple levels of baseball. Set him, put him at AAA this year, coming out of spring, and see what he does for the first month or two. Because if he pitches well there, then you find a spot for him in the bullpen. Yes. 
But yeah. you can use him as like a, an open reliever, like you did with Chad Green. He could be like, oh, if you wanted to use you him could do that. on like a random Wednesday against the Royals or something. Do you know hey, the Yankees Debbie, had you want to take like a 22nd in, most innings pitch for starting pitch last year? Colin 300. Do you know though that uh, do you know that uh, Chad Green still wants to be a starter? Really? He has stated that every every well, offseason. He wants uh, to. The Yankees believe he could be a good pitcher. He's got the stuff to do. He's got the stuff. He does. But he the last stuff. year didn't help. No, but here's the thing: but the Yankees value him. Where he's where he best helps us is opener, middle relief, late inning games, yep. points where certain guys are not filling the role that needs to. Mm-hmm. Because well. With yeah, but Cole. nobody dreams of being a, a a middle reliever. No, that's not anybody we, except for Dylan Batances because he couldn't close. But we talked about this though. The value of middle relief getting from that sixth to the ninth are probably the most valuable points of any point of the game. Yeah, hitting wise and pitching. We talked about this multiple times. You never thought about ten years. Oh, a middle relief guy getting a certain amount of money. But now you're looking at how important it is to have that middle relief, that setup guy, that seventh, eighth, ninth guy. It's amazing how baseball handles the sixth through seven inning guys. Those those middle relievers who the rule changes again. We yeah, see well, analytically yeah, how, yeah. how important it, and and they they are in some of the most high leverage situations. And it's like he's the guy that didn't make the starting rotation and was out of options. That's who he is on like thirty of the teams. He's That's the, who that guy he's is. He's the last pick in kickball. Yes, he was. He didn't make the rotation. He was out of options, and they didn't want to DFA him. So they're like, "You're gonna pitch the fifth, you know, in a big spot sometimes." And, and it's amazing when when you look analytically that those are the most crucial moments of the game, and you're like, "Ah, uh, yeah, that guy." Like that's you would think at this point that the the starting pitching salaries for five innings would have actually been going down, and that the middle relievers would be the guys like we got to pay these guys because again if you look at it too a lot of these middle relievers will give you a good year, a bad year, then a good year, then a bad year, then a good year, and it's like well why They're do you think that yeah, is? Yeah. You know it, it's hard to be considered. We I talk about the Mariano Rivera effect, this idea that. Relief pitchers are supposed to all have ERAs under one. That's what we want and we expect. And especially as a Yankee fan, that's what you expect. That that you know, we talk a lot about um Jonathan Holder last year. Your who boy. I, man, you had a little bit of most of the games Jonathan Holder pitched in, he was outstanding. He he pitched like an upper echelon reliever. Then he had like six or eight games where he was a disaster, couldn't get anybody out. And the ERA is like four and a half, but it's like Throw those six out, and it's like a, Two and one, a half. one seven five. Yep. He's a, he's but but again, we don't think those guys are allowed to have an off night. We're like, bad, get rid of that bum, send him the scramble. Well, and how many times did it's Chad ridiculous. Green have to come in like when Severino, someone had a bad start, and they needed to get from the third to the sixth to get to the yeah. bullpen? He was probably the most valuable player at times for the Yankees. Chad Green is an extremely and, valuable. And he's had an awful. Remember, he started really poor. Couldn't get no one out. Oh my God. The season, and then he went down, and then came back up. And came and back it, up. Yeah, a he sixteen ERA. Speaking of bullpen, and he got another four. Speaking of bullpen, you heard there's some rule changes, right? Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. I said I want you to just the quick over of the views of, of the, well, view, the, of the, the rules. The, the three, what are the new rules now? Well, there's three in the main MLB. Ones. Relief pitchers are required to face a minimum of three batters when they start the inning. Like that. Active rosters expand to 26, which current was 25. That can help. They also, the other thing is they brought the September rosters from 40 to 28. That's the difference. They're not going to have 40. But nobody ever brings no, the, all those guys no, up anyway. And then, the, and then they went from the 10-day IL 
to the 15 day IL. So it ex- it's an extension. Of I the don't IL. have an issue with any of those. I like that the bullpen. Yes. I think you should. Oh, have and that's least, for, excuse me, and that's for pitchers. Stints for pitchers. I so if you're, I no think more ten day. IL, I like that. Right. I like that the I like that you have to keep your bullpen in guy. I don't. relief at least for at least three batters. I don't. I don't like the back and forth. Oh, let's go in and then take them out and then come back. Then what, in and can I ask you a question? Then what's the point of strategy? Yeah, but you're over managing. Exactly, you're uh, over managing. You're over managing. The analytics come into play again. A game against the Royals in May when it's all right. They got a lefty coming up. I'll bring a lefty you in. You can't say May because we don't know how much one game. We, you don't know. Ah. Over managing, Ted. You you're know it's over managing. I know it is point. because they do. do you, you don't. You well, don't get annoyed. You don't get annoyed when listen. A batter, I get annoyed when I watch a damn basketball or football game and every four minutes is a commercial and then they have a timeout and they have a commercial. What about pitch? What about listen, in, what about hold on hold on? What about in the fifth through the eighth? Thinning when they got to keep going relief. Listen, this one is, batter. This has Chad, nothing, Chad, Chad Green, this, hold on. Chad this has also this only right. has to do about pace of the game. Yes. Okay. You don't get annoyed but, but, when Chad Green comes the in. World in the, series games are still going to be three and a half hours. But you don't care. You don't have no issue. So when you're watching the game and Chad Green comes t- in and then a lefty comes in, oh, let's bring in Britain. Let me hypothetically. It, see, but you know that gets annoying because the overmanaging. If you that's have not overmanaging if you got oh you no, come stop. in with two righties and you have a lefty Listen, at bat. You're you're well you're gonna it doesn't you're matter. You're taking away the strategy. That's good. And you're controlling the way a manager. What you now plan for is for whoever's gonna start this inning, he's probably gonna finish the inning. I'm planning for my guys to always get three outs. Because you gotta face three batters. Yes. I, I plan on you getting all three out. Yes. And if there's a and lefty and a righty and lefty, I'm bringing a lefty. What? Maybe I walk what? the righty. Here's, here's, and here's, here's and my, if you can't, strategy. Well, yes. Here's my other issue with it. <laughs> That's the strategy. Because you know this it. is an issue. <laughs> the Yankees. That's what I do. We're <laughs> able to you guys two, three days in a row because they're face one batter. Now you use Britain for three batters in the eighth. He's not pitching the next game. And what's to say that the first batter doesn't take 10 pitches, the second batter doesn't take eight, and the next guy takes 10, and he's got 28 pitches? They'd be smart to do that. But you, no, but, no, but you, know, you know what I'm you saying? Just, you actually just you just found the anecdote to so I just came up with. But, it's, but that's, that takes away from you using your bullpen the next day. It hurts your strategy. Joe, now you can really manage the Yankees. You got Cole. You know that you don't have to worry about mixing and matching pitchers. You just put a guy in. I read what Joe Madden said, and I read what certain other guys said, some of the things. You're analytically taken away from the game because you got a lefty at bat to start the inning, right? You got a guy first. You want to get him out. You're going to bring the lefty in. But then you got two, three righties coming up, power hitters behind him. Now you got that lefty facing the righty. I don't like that, especially in the eighth when up, up, up one run and I'm trying to win a baseball game when that one baseball game could be the difference of you being – the wild card team or the second wild card team or maybe a division winner. It does come down to one or two games. It has. It doesn't seem like that in May, but then when you look at the season, you're like, Yankees and Red Sox, two and a half games difference. That one game could be one and a half, and they're playing the last three games of the season. How much of a difference that can be? It's. I think it hurts. I understand it. It makes sense to speed up the game so there's not, okay, we're going to come three pitchers out. Next guy comes in. Next, I mean. But they, they tried this in the minors, yes? Well, here's the other thing. And, it, and, it, and apparently it, w- it worked. Well, and they then, were like, well, let's try Well, it. then hold the pitchers to the actual shot clock rule. The, the, the thing the that they have, ca- the, the, pitching, the pitching count. Yeah. I said shot clock. I know it's not the shot clock because I know people are going to say, Dude, it's not the shot clock. <laughs> I know, dummies. Okay? It's a clock. It's, it's a, a clock. clock. It's then so hold clock. them seriously it's to a, it. It's a clock have radio. an actual penalty for it. <laughs> have an actual penalty for the the thing, okay? Yeah. How about umpires start calling more strikes? Why in the strike zone or something? You want that to happen? 
So this game's a faster pace. I mean, no, you're right. You're right. I understand. They're not going to change. Football games are three hours every Sunday. Baseball games are three hours. When the Yankees play, go to the NL. They're two and a half, two and forty-five. The football games are more exciting. I'm just saying it's gonna. That's t- stating the obvious, Captain. It, it's obvious. Just, it's, I know that, but <laughs> that's stating the but obvious. People complain about baseball being three hours and fifteen minutes. They don't complain about a football game because it's more it's exciting. nonstop action. It's nonstop. Exactly. But again, it's not uh, the manager <laughs> over managing coming out. Yes, every other batter. Yeah, you know you get annoyed with that well, when you're watching the game sitting back at work. Like this, you're watching the Yankee game, and Chad Green gets well, the one out, and then some lefties come in, and oh, look, here it comes. Well, how about two? We're gonna I'm, go a call to the bullpen. Well, how about when the lefty's not ready, and so I, he has to go out there, yeah, talk for a few you minutes. You hate it. Then wait, and then he leaves, yeah. and then and then the yeah. the manager you, comes you out for the so, pitching change. I like and then, it. And then, and then during the commercial, put some mud wrestling on or something to keep me entertained. I mean, mud Jesus. Wrestling. Whoa. I mean, do, do something. They could do a better job. It's a, yes. Of running things, or, or I mean, again, what would be your pitching change? What about during a pitching change if you went back to the studio for some like updates? I don't know why they don't do that. Or, or some, like, hey, let's take another. Or what I would like, do when like Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, they'll they'll do a, a two shot or a one shot with them. Up what I would do, and they talk about the game. Well, you said what rule check? Nothing. I like what they just did. I like that you have to face three batters. I think three is too I much. Have, no, I don't think so. I think that's fine. That's a one inning. It's an inning. It's a complete inning. And it's if supposed he, to be an he, inning. All he has to do is three batters. If he can't get those first three, then you it's can go up. to the bullpen. That's fine. I will. T- and I, I like that. Do you think like it that. takes more strategy or less strategy now that you, you can't more. use? More. More because, again, you, you have to plan every inning like this guy's going to get everybody out. Now here's and I'm going to pitch that. The guy that I think can get most of the batters out in the inning is the guy that I'm going to put question, in the inning. My question, and we've seen this, so we'll stick to the Yankees thing. We've seen this Chapman thing when he just doesn't have it. we got to sit through three batters of not having it. All he has to do and is And he get walks three. the bases loaded then, with no outs in the ninth, and then i got to wait till someone comes in. Then you put in Jonathan and Loiser, and we lose the game. Yeah, but you do anyway. <laughs> he, he comes in, he walks the first guy, and you're like, oh, boy. Here we and go. Yeah, and then he walks the second guy, and then the manager comes out, and he's like, what's wrong with you? And he's like, I think I got it. Now you're going to give the third batter anyway. You're not pulling Chapman after two. You're going to wait until he loads the base. Okay, maybe Chapman. Then you might a, even win the base Cha- load and give him one more shot and then go to the bullpen. But we have seen. Then give okay, him the grand slam. Maybe, and then maybe, everybody goes home. Maybe Chapman was the bad reference, but we have seen guys where after one batter, they they just. Sure, that happened to Jonathan Holder a couple times, <laughs> where clearly after the first batter was like, oh, he can't even reach the plate. Like, like this is bad. Like I said. It's been such a it's it's been a great start to baseball, just like it was in the NBA. The offseason was great. People were excited because of the player movement. Now you're seeing big name players in rumors, maybe may not go anywhere. It sets but, the tone for the it, rest of the but baseball. It may, but it gives baseball, which has been lacking, that that spark, that spunk that they need compared to like the NFL, they need it right now. Cause you have to take advantage of it. This is your opportunity. You got your three best players. You can't have another debacle like last year. Yeah. That was a debacle. Let's be completely honest. That was a debacle. That whole thing that Bryce Harper and Manny Machado were not signed until almost spring training. This year they got it done with. The big names are gone, and I love it. It, it was like great. There's a well, lot of good I to like talk that about the players baseball. and the g- player association and the ownership so, came together and they worked something out because that was a big thing last year, especially even the Keiko and the Kimbrel thing. That was all part of it last year, There's and so, it hurt the rest of yes, baseball players yes. and it hurt all the other guys because when you're not the top tier guy, yes, you have to wait for the other blocks to fall before you get picked up. Yes, because everyone exactly. has to see where the budget's at and where the rosters are at and how it's going to affect the exactly. rest of the. I'll teams. tell you what else. 
I'll be curious to see, and you're already starting to see it, obviously, with Austin Roman signing, Gregorius getting a one-year $14 million yes. deal. What happens, and have teams learned from Howie Kendrick and Adam Eaton and actual veteran ball players being on a championship-caliber team as opposed to just, you know, bringing up the minor league guys? You know, uh, you look at, look at what the Nationals did and what their roster looked like. Those guys have been getting squeezed the last two off-seasons. And it'll be interesting to see if this off-season – if guys like that are going to get paid, there are or so many big guys. If there's we're still a just lot of big names. Struggle through it again. Joe, where there's again, still a lot of big names out there. You're just easily planting like you know unproven minor leaguers there's in there, or lot, whether these guys have a market. Finally, there's been a lot of big moves, so, big names still out there. I mean, even the under the radar quick is the Mets making Porcello and Waka. I mean, those are under the radar moves, but just even the movement, players going, signing already like that. You didn't see that last year, and it's a good sign for baseball. Because it gets fans talking, it gives us great talking points, and well, we're Yankee fans. Plus, we're it happy gives us the hate we, of being a Yankee fan, which is outstanding because I love being the best. And, no, but it also helps, like you said, when the Yankees are involved in stuff, it brings attention to baseball. Absolutely. Well, here's like the thing too: said. the Yankees certainly weren't going to be like, "You know, take your time." I hear people are like, "He's no. not going to sign until January." You think Brian Cashman's going to wait to plan his team till January? And my last thought is, I think, I, look. I think Domingo Herman is probably donezo with the Yankees. That's I, ag- a guess. I agree. I agree. It's a guess, and I'll tell you why. But it won't be until we find out what the— Sure. He hit his wife, and that's super bad. In today's know, world, you can't do I you don't can't know do what that. the story you is. Can't. I don't know her reaction. I don't know any— none of I'd love to know what the real deal with the whole thing I was. think the Yankee fans and the Yankee organization are owed that much from baseball. Like, is this really—is this like a really bad one— is this guy going to be out for like six months or a year? Yeah. Or is he in counseling? Is, did the wife not press charges? Is, is, you know what I mean? We're, we're upset with this guy because that's a crappy thing to do. But the Yankees need to know whether he's coming back or not. Yep. Because they have a, a team to plan. Yep. And I'm okay with if they're like, no, he's a scumbag. <laughs> then, then great. But the Yankees <laughs> need some kind of answer from baseball so they can plan. My guess because Cashman hasn't brought it up in his proceeding business usual is that they've told him or that the Yankees in some way are just thinking, we're just going to cut ties with this guy once this heinous well, report I was comes just thinking out. it's going to be more of a luxury. If he comes back, he's a luxury. If he does it, so be it. Thank you very much for helping us out last year. And if he does come back, we'll maybe use you. And if not, we'll trade you and whoever else we want, and we'll go get someone else that we really need late in the season. It's a good feeling to be a Yankee fan right now. Like yeah, I've been saying, enjoy Yankee, it, yeah. though. Don't be such an ingrate. I don't yeah. mean you guys. I just mean no, in general, enjoy Cole. Enjoy Cole through Christmas. If the Yankees do something before then, bonus. But let's just enjoy what we got for now. Let's appreciate it. Let's think about the 20-win season. And the, what's, have the, I don't think Yankees have ever had a guy throw uh, have 300 strikeouts in a season. I believe the record's like in the 260 area. I don't think that's ever happened in Yankee history. I don't think so. Wouldn't that be fun to see? And we're going to get a guy that's only going to get better. That's it. So, Yankee fans, like you said, like Joe said, best. Enjoy it, though. Let's not complain. Do we really? Stop talking smack about Cash and Hal. First first game, first game, Cole gives up five runs. Boom! Yeah, I know. Just like Stanton. Yep. Just like Stanton. It happened. Just like Ted Ted was going to be booing him, right? Right, Ted? You were booing Stanton after the first game when he had five strikeouts. Yeah, I did. Like the typical New York fan. Oh, no, not are. typical, but listen, where is he? Where How much did you pay for your tickets? Now, which with, ones? That that game. 
Oh, I didn't pay for them. I'm watching it. They have no right to boo. Yeah, I do. <laughs> As a fan, you have every right like to You spend money on the tickets, you can boo. If you got them for free, who knows shut how your much mouth. Who knows how much tickets are going to go up now with the... No, that's not how it works. It's not going to work. That's that's what people are talking about. Listen, I don't understand. I've heard people like, beer's going to be 35. Then no one's going to drink beer. (laughs) Then don't buy them. If you don't buy, if the Yankees just, if the game ends and there's like 8 million (laughs) beers and nobody ever bought any, they're going to be like, we're going to have to lower the price. Because it's supply and demand. You know what's going to happen? The stadium's going to be even more sold out this year. Garrett Cole's going to be starting on April 1st, and we're going to be ready to rock. And in November, we're going to be hoisting the the trophy, finally. But we have to win, though. Oh, we will win. What should Luke Voigt's number be? I say 28. Symbolic of him giving up his jersey for the 28th championship. And it's it's available. 47. That was was Girardi's number. It was when he managed, and though he never fifty six, because he thought he was going to get to twenty eight. Joe's just taking all the Yankees. He's going to take Patans too. He's going to take them he all. Should. He took Robertson. He took. He's taking Didi. He's going to take McCutcheon them too. too. He took McCutcheon too. Like I said, baseball fans, let's be happy. Yankee fans, let's enjoy. Be happy. New York fans, Merry be, Christmas. New York fans, be happy. We got an early Christmas gift. Garrett Cole's a New York Yankee. It's been a good week for baseball, and it's been good for us. We love it. Joe, as always, like I said. Thank you for joining us. Thanks Big. for having me. Of course. That was the host of the Roll Call and the president of Clovercrest Media, mm-hmm. Joseph McGuire. We're going to take our one and only break. And when we come back, we're talking some NFL football, some big games this week. But why? How have those teams gotten to that point? It's because of one simple thing, culture. Look at the Steelers. Look at the Ravens, the Titans, the Bills. You want to know why they're good? It's because of their culture. I don't know why the Giants and Jets are bad. It's because of culture. And we're also going to talk about Nick Saban and Bill Belichick and why they are just so much different from everyone else. You're listening to Keys to the City. We'll be right back, folks. You're listening to Keys to the City, brought to you by All Noise Radio. Here's your host, Trevor and Ted. Back over Chris Media presents Keys to the City. Thank you, Joseph Aguirre, for joining us to talk some New York Yankee baseball. What a week it's been for baseball, and what a week it's been for us New York fans. Because there was good. There has been a lot of bad in New York sports, but there was a good thing, and that's Garrett Cole. Let's just stick to the good. Because you know what? There's some big games this week, and it started last night. And we were watching Bill Belichick and the Nick Saban thing, and we're gonna talk about that in a few minutes, but The biggest thing that I've noticed from why the Baltimore Ravens are great and why they've been so consistent and they've always been competitive. They might not win Super Bowls every year like the Patriots do or AFC titles, but they're always in contention. And you look at it, it's great drafting, but it starts at the top. It's great players. It's because they believe. You want to know why the Patriots, everybody hates the Patriots. Everybody hates Alabama. It's because they buy in to the culture. They buy into the message. That's why the Baltimore Ravens are in the position that they are right now. Yes, they have the best player in the NFL this year right now on their team and going to be the MVP. It's a foregone conclusion. 
But also a couple other teams you just look at. And, and, and they're part of the big games this week. Pittsburgh Steelers, the Buffalo Bills, the Tennessee Titans. Am I missing anybody else? Is there of course. Is there anybody else? I think those are the teams right there that you mentioned. And the reason why we put those teams specifically, oh, why are they talking? They're New York guys. Why are they talking about the Tennessee Titans and the Buffalo Bills and this? Well, because you look at all, you know who else, you know who else I would say? The Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers. I would put even, call me crazy, because I bashed them all year in the beginning of the year. I would put the Miami Dolphins as well in that category because of culture. They you have can't put no, the listen, Dolphins in no, this listen, culture listen, conversation listen, I, uh, no, because it has to be a success. I know, but listen, when you listen, they're going to be. They're in a better position, the Miami Dolphins, than the New York Giants are right now because they have a coach like from Billichick. I like system. the kid Flores. I love Brian Flores. He's kid. He's and, they believe in the message. That's why, yes, they got a, they trade a lot of players, and they're going to be a top five pick. Or what, you're calling me crazy. That's fine. Whatever. I don't care. But you look at their culture. They're believing in the message. This is a team that was supposed to be 0-16, historically bad. They had people like me believing they were going to score 100 points. Less they're 100. right now 3-10. I know it's 3-10, but this is a team that had no expectations. And right now, Brian Flores has sent his message. Sean McDermott has sent his message. They play hard. Mike Tomlin, for people that I know Chaz, our good old caller, big old Kanish, a big avid Steelers fan, but also is not a big fan of Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, people believe in his message. People believe in John Harbaugh's message. It all starts with the culture. And that's why these teams are in the position, minus the Miami Dolphins, but will eventually get there in some time. They will get there because of the message that is sent right from the start. Well, you would, think, you would think so with the Dolphins because you, if you've just watched the games, other than the first two or three games of the season, they have fought in every game. Yes. They've been in every game. We know how now, not— I, I mean, they lost to the Bills a couple weeks ago up in Buffalo, but the game was within one touchdown for the most part of the game. Yes. Since Fitzpatrick has been back— I mean, even the game they lost to the Steelers, they were fighting in and I mean, the effort all game long— they buy into whatever he is saying down there. Now, if it's the saying like Saban has and like Bill Belichick has on all the doors, do your job, it's very simple then it's thing. working. Now, listen, you need superstars and you need certain players to win. We understand that. Yes, of course. Miami Dolphins need a lot of players. They need a quarterback. They need some offensive linemen. They need a runner. Listen, but it's not even about the Miami Dolphins. But you, you just you got to build a foundation. You just because said about if you don't have a foundation in a house, you have nothing. You just said it. You can have all the all the all stars on your team. You can have all the talent in the world, and that works for the NBA. But the NFL, it's a di it's a whole different world. You want to know why the Cleveland Browns are bad too, but probably have more some more talent than eh, over half of the league, more three quarters of the league. I would say is because of their culture. Their culture sucks. They don't have a good culture. They have new coaches each and every year. They have quarterbacks each and every year. They can't figure it out. They're more talented than the Pittsburgh Steelers, you would think. That also comes from ownership, too. It's, and it's exactly. leadership. Ownership. It starts at the top. The Baltimore Ravens are great because they had Ozzie Newsome for so long. And now he's gone. He's given the reins. But guess what? They still are drafting great. They, they draft free agency. The Buffalo Bills, they draft great. It's not even about that. It's the way they play. Since the Ravens came... 
when they were the Cleveland Browns and they first came to become the Baltimore Ravens and they selected Ray Lewis and they selected guys like Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Ogden. Ogden and they got guys like Terrell Suggs and then they brought in a guy who was a special teams coach for like 20 years in Philly named John Harbaugh and then they drafted Lamar Jackson in the 32nd round and they got a guy in Joe Flacco. 32nd round. Uh, 32nd pick. Sorry. <laughs> 31st pick. And, and they took a guy from Delaware and Joe Flacco and they, got, and they made a trade for Marcus Peters and they got a guy named Jamal Lewis from Tennessee. Mark they, Ingram. Guys like that. Just, they, there's certain culture guys that buy into a system you watch the way they play it's always been about defense and physicality you know what the way I look at the Ravens they're like the bully but they're like the they're the bully on the street they come at you either way you have to fight them and if you don't fight they will pick on you and take your lunch money every day that's the way you got to know when you're playing the Baltimore Ravens and it's been the same way been, it's since like, 96 it's they, been like that yeah that's the way they play they come at you they fight we were talking about the game last night, and you're like, we're not going to talk about the game because we're not. We don't care. I don't care about the football game because if I want to hear about that, I'll watch ESPN and Fox Sports, and they'll tell me about Lamar Jackson's greatness. We you know watched that game last night. Yeah. Look at two different teams, and look at the where they have gone. The directions. Coaching, yep. directions, quarterback, offensive line. Don't forget Jets, about the running back. The Jets back. were more important about going and getting Le'Veon Bell and these big-name free agents because they want to be on the back page of the New York Post or the front page of the New York Post, and they want to be splashed. Well, splash don't work. Splash, you hit the pool, splash, and the waves go away. You know what the you know what the Ravens are? They're the lazy river. They're continuous flow all the way. You know what you're gonna get. Consistency. The Jets. Ah, one year they're good, one year they're bad. One year they're good, and one year they're bad. Look at the Giants, the ownership, the coaching. They McAdoo. They haven't been consistent. They've lost leadership. There's no leadership in that locker room. There's a reason why the Ravens went to go get Earl Thomas. Leadership in the backfield when they lost Eric Weddle. They lost Terrell Suggs. They lost C.J. Mosley. How simple. is this team able to lose all those superstars and continually play great defense? Because here it is. It's very simple. Tell me. The Giants and Jets, the reason why they are the way they are? Me. Me, me, me. I know why the Baltimore Ravens have been so consistent. And... Like I said, they haven't won Super Bowls. We know that. They don't win Super Bowls every year. They don't get the AFC titles. But it's about we. The Baltimore Ravens right now are 12-2 and two because they believe, in, they believe in each other. They believe in their quarterback. When a quarterback that was getting criticized since the day he got drafted, and the night he got drafted, he's been criticized since. And you know what? You have a brotherhood. The NFL football as a whole is different from any other sport because of the brotherhood. That's what it comes down to. And you Baltimore Ravens have been so great. The Pittsburgh Steelers have been so great. Because of the factor. Of the term I should say. We. It's not me. It's not me, me, me there. It's we, we, we. We're a brotherhood. We're family. We're going to go out there for 60 minutes and give it all we got. The perfect example is the Patriots. I mean, just look at the last 20 years. It's always been we. There's never been a superstar. That's why teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Baltimore Ravens, the New England Patriots, even the Green Bay Packers, it's always been about we. And then you see teams like the Cleveland Browns, the New York Jets, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the New York Giants recently. The the Redskins. Because they used to be. The Giants used to be one of those franchises. Now, the Giants are still one of the most well-known franchises in all sports. But right now, it's become a me-me show. And you're seeing it just what happened this morning. It's a debacle. It's, 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 if I wish we had a picture right now of the New York Giants. It's dump. 
It's a dump. It'd be the, the emoji. It, it'd be the, the it, poop emoji. It'd be, yeah, it'd be the poop emoji. It'd be a hot <laughs> mess. It'd be a, a dumpster fire. That's what the New York Giants are right now. And that's what just happened this morning. That's why they're in the position that they are. That's why they'll be in the top five again drafting. And that's why they'll have a new coach and maybe even a new GM. That's why the New York Jets have a head coach and ownership fighting a, a running back right now. Going back and forth. Can't agree with one another. That's why his experiment, see you later. You just look at those teams and how different they are in the, in the trajectory of each team going forward. There's excitement with the Baltimore Ravens. There's excitement with the Buffalo Bills. There's excitement with the Tennessee Titans. There's not excitement for the New York Jets. There, you could say whatever you want, Jet fans. You could say, oh, there's excitement. Relax, Okay. Your only hope right now is that Sam Darnold continues to grow and become the quarterback that you're hoping. That's your hope. Other than that, you're a mess too. But then you look at the Giants. They're a debacle. They're, they're, it's disgusting right now. As a Giant fan, what is there to be excited about right now? See What, and I, I, what is there to be excited about? I'm asking you as a Giant wow. fan right now. What is there to be excited about for the New York Giants? Um... Realistically, we hurry up and get out of the season and get the number two pick so we can get Chase Young. I see, I see progression in Daniel Jones. I think he is our future, the quarterback. He just needs to be able to be more conservative and more controlling of the, the football when he's in the pocket. But I see poise. I see athleticism. I see a guy that can lead this franchise for the next 10 to 12 years. I see a back that is a superstar that just needs to have an organization that knows how to use him properly. And we got to find people that can properly block for him. I think... We need an impact defensive player, and that's what I'm hoping for number two. The only thing now is exciting is to see if Eli Manning is going to play the next three weeks. This well, He's starting this Sunday, and we'll see what happens in the next two weeks. That's well, really, you're, you're giving the Giants more credit then. Because uh, uh, there's but, not a lot of it. There's but, not a lot of excitement. But, but, uh, uh, that's, that's for the future. The, Realistically, there's when I look at the Giants, the right Giants now. are a joke. There's not to be excited okay? about. Okay, I'm going to tell you why the Giants are a joke. We were thinking about going to the game Sunday against the Dolphins, and tickets for the lower section are 60 bucks with fees on StubHub. Upper deck, I can get a ticket for the Giant game 20 for, for 20 to 30 bucks. 20 bucks. That should Amazing. never happen. Yeah. Another. Think about this. Another year. Where, uh, this was over in October. Another October, another November, another, de another December, where our team is, we're not even, what's the point of watching New York Giant football? We're watching it just because we're fans. We're rooting we're, for losses. That's I mean, where that's, we are as a fan That's how it's base. become. That's the how it's become. chase for chase. That's where we, we are as a fan the base The chase right for now. young. The chase for young. It's a chase <laughs> for chase. But we you are really, I, mean. we, I know, bud, you're correct. Thank we you. are in a position Thank where you. we are looking for draft picks. We're looking to lose. That's what... What organization and what fan base do you want to be part of that, I hate it. that you want to I hate lose? It. I don't want the Giants to lose. I don't. I really don't. I want to see them win. I want to see some sort of hope. Now, but there's no hope. Now, when I look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, right, and we talk about culture, you look at where this team's been the last seven years. They've had one of the most talented rosters. We've talked about the, the Bs, the Triple Bs, the Brown, the Bell, and the Ben Roethlisberger, Okay. They couldn't get over the hump with the Patriots. And we want, we always questioned it was the coach's fault, right? The coach's fault, this, that fault. Who, who's to blame? We, you know, they have, you one know of, why. they have one of the best offensive lines. Now, you look at this team. Last year, they, this year, they lost Antonio Brown, and they lost Le'Veon Bell. I mean, Bell and Brown to free agency. Yeah. 
Then, like the third week of the season, they didn't, their they didn't starting quarterback and Hall of Fame quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, got hurt. And we thought this team was done for. They had one win. And to be the position that they are, that they've only lost one game in the past eight simple. weeks. Do you want to know why? Eight weeks. I know. Hold on. With their third string quarterback, with their second or third string running back. I don't even know if they're even. Benny Snell is probably the third, third string, string running back. Yeah. Is their third Juju is back. now out. Yeah, they're on their. Well, I wanted to talk just, about that about and, and defense. I, I wanted to get Col- in. Okay, I want. I was going to get I in there in a couple say, minutes. What about, team, about what team and what organization could lose their starting quarterback, starting running back, and starting receiver, and still be in the wild card hunt? Actually, sorry, hunt. They're in the wild they're card the position right, right now. now, and could go jump to five if they win this week. The Buffalo. I mean that's amazing. That's because well, it's a team believing, and there's no selfish players on the but team. But here's going, the thing: and I got to get my catches. No, that's, I got to get my yards. That's what it comes down to. The reason why, and we always want to know why. Why couldn't they ever beat the New England Patriots too back in the day? They were the more talented team. But it comes back to the term. It was always about me, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, taking a FaceTime. Uh, 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 I forgot what I forgot what it's called on Facebook, whatever it's called, FaceTime or whatever. Yeah, FaceTime, FaceTime in the after beating um and then going to the, before yeah then going to the AFC Championship. He's it's always it was always about me, and it wasn't about we. That was the Patriots. The we part was the Patriots. The me was the Steelers. That's why they had that little. Yeah, they were talented. Yeah, they got to the playoffs, but they can never overcome. Their own mistakes. Now, a lot of that has to do with, listen, Belichick is this, is is a genius. Okay? We know that. And we know that. He's in the AFC Championship game every year, and he has the best quarterback of but all time. But it was always about we. It was the familyhood. Whereas them, it was always something in the back. There well, was always other excuses. Well, here's the we thing. We were always, hold hey, on. Belichick hold on. always said, do your job. So he put every guy to do we were, their job correctly. No, but it's we not have, that. It was always, we were always worrying about something else with the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was always non-related football. It was always. Yeah, but not when was, during the game we weren't worried I know, about. but it was. It's always something after. Yeah, but who gives a sh- crap afterwards when you're losing, when you lost the game? We're talking about it now. The, the difference now is, at the end of the day, the coaches couldn't beat Belichick. But the team, though, we're not talking about they can't beat them because we know that. Belichick, listen, no one beats Belichick. Let's be honest. No one beats them in the playoffs when they're home. It doesn't happen. It's only happened like three or four times that I can even remember. If, yeah, if Bal- you know, if you the, know the exact stat, please tell me. But... We're talking about a culture and about being able to get to the playoffs because we're a giant fan. This comes back to being a giant fan and knowing that your team is in the top five pick the last three years. And the last time we made the playoffs was 2011. Yep. No, no, sorry. That's when we won the Super Bowl. Yep. The year we made the uh, playoffs was 11-5. That was just, that was but just, that, was just a, that was just a lucky year. Everything kind of clicked. Yeah, that was just a smoke and mirror. That was just... That was, that was, that you, was, actually, that's the perfect thing. Smoke and mirror because really... We, we really thought the Giants were going to be Super Bowl contenders the next year. And they and, and then what happened? Where have we been? We've been the worst we were franchise bl- we were since blind, then. We were blinded by it. And yeah, we've been one of the worst franchises since then. I Probably, think now we, we, we have the least amount of wins since that 10, time. 10-35 since that playoff season. 10-35. Oh yeah. My God. Speaking of the Giants and Jets, I, I, I wanted to get into this and then we'll talk quickly about... Two big games, but not specific games. We're talking teams, and it's the running back position right now in New York. Speaking of the Giants and Jets and why they've been so bad, why? Tell me why. Le'Veon Bell, and we already know his issue right now, what's going on. But why is Le'Veon Bell and Saquon Barkley being underutilized and have been throughout this entire season? Why is that? And you said, oh, well, uh, the 
you said something. I was like, Carolina Panthers are bad, and they're still giving Christian McCaffrey the ball thir- 25 to 30 times because he's a great player. You have to give your playmakers the ball. Le'Veon Bell is your best offensive weapon. Do you know Saquon, he had his most rush Sa- yards last night against the Baltimore? 87 yards rushing. That Saquon, was his best. Can Sa- you think no, about that? No, he's been under 80 yards in this entire That's what I said. season. 87 was until, his best. Up until last night, he had 80. He never reached 80 yards with them. And I just wrote down a couple stats. My number one for, fantasy pick. I, I wrote a couple stats down with Le'Veon Bell and Saquon Barkley. This year's stats compared to their career. So Le'Veon this year, now this is false stats now because of last night's game. But up until last night, he had 589, 589 yards rushing, three touchdowns, 65 receptions, 655 yards. Seems good, two touchdowns. Well, from 2013 to 2017, we all thought at one point he was the best running back in the league. He was. He was the best dual threat back in the game, and probably for most fans, we thought so. He was an average of 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns, and then 530 yards rushing or receiving as well. He was a 1,500-yard guy every year, it seemed like. Man, why, why haven't they – and why have – why has he been so underutilized? And then Barkley's another one. We know what he did last year. Uh, unbelievable. He had over 2,000 yards of total offense by himself. He's only had one – he's only had two rushing uh, – two rushing – 100-yard rushing games since week two. Hasn't had 100 yards rushing since. I know that. Do you know that? I saw that the other and day. And I've taken a quote from the Bill Belichick and Nick Saban thing last night of the art of coaching, it's called. Highly recommend it. If you're a fan of football, and don't say, oh, I don't want to watch it because I don't like them. You're just being ignorant. Watch the If you really want to watch what they do and why they go above and beyond everyone else, you have to watch it. So Highly it's recommend on it. HBO. It's, it's on HBO. It's a documentary called Art of Coaching, Nick Saban, It's unbelievable. Bill but... Belichick said something to Saban, and it's very short, but it's, it's very powerful, and it speaks to the Giants and Jets. Good players can't overcome bad coaching. Everybody wants to say that Saquon Barkley is, oh, he's a bust already. Like, last year we were crowning him as already in the Hall of Fame. He's the best back in the game. Now we're saying he's a bust? Like, look, Saquon, we know what he, he's taking a step back. He's got the injury. But I put this on the coaching. You can't, they're great players. Le'Veon Bell and Saquon Barkley are great players. You know that. I know Le'Veon Bell, uh, that people are saying, oh, he's done, he's washed up. He's a great player. He's still one of the best backs in the game. I, I, think, I, think, I, I think losing for Le'Veon Bell has hit him, and playing yes. on the Jets has it a big effect. Help because I, but bet I, you, put the blame. I bet you if Le'Veon Bell was on the Chiefs, or this, or oh my God! Can you imagine if he was on the Chiefs? Or if he, can you imagine if he was on the Chiefs? Or if he was on the Patriots? Oh. Or if he was in the Saints or the 49ers? Listen, it would be a different thing. Winning covers everything, like you winning said, covers yeah. a lot of problems. But I don't think the Jets use now. With the Saquon Barkley issue, is we've talked about this all year. We talked about this after the Dallas game when he we he didn't even have like 15 rushes. We're like, how is Saquon Barkley? Excuse me. <laughs> Not touching the ball 20 times a game. Remember we were talking about no, this? I, I know. He was like, he had 12 rushes and like five uh, and five receptions. We're like, what? He went MIA in the second half we're, of games uh, sometimes. And, and we're like, how is he not touching the ball? And it, I remember because it was like the third week of season. I think it was like the Bills game. We were watching it by the pool. And, then yeah. it, and it was something where they're like, they're going to feed Barker the ball. And he had like 25, 26 touches. Yeah. I, he should be touching the ball minimum 25 times a game. Now, if you don't want him because he's not healthy, then don't play him then. Yeah. Don't save him because when you try to prevent action, that's when guys get hurt. You can't. You either play. If you never play the game of football, you can only play. You can't. You don't know. You can. Madden only, doesn't count. 
playing football, you have to go 100 miles an hour because I've been there when you don't. And I, I played at high school and I played at college. And you if had someone's some serious injuries. But if you don't play at 100 miles an hour, you're going to get hurt because it's just the way it is. It, I can't explain it, but it's just the nature of the game. You have to be going 100 miles an hour because the, it's a physical it's, aspect it's, of the game. That's what happened. Being happened. preventive yes. is more likely to get hurt. If he's not healthy, don't play him. The Jets and the Giants need to use these backs for what they are. They are special talents, and they should be touching the ball minimum twenty to twenty-five times a game. Why do now, you think, look? Look! Look at! Hold on. Hold now on. And, and and listen. And people say, well, they don't. They can't block for Saquon. I know that, but you got to find opportunities for him to get open or in space look. or use him. The reason why you have a head coach that was brought in for the Giants and Sherman was to get the most out of quarterback and get the. Just like the Jets. Innovative when he was Just on the Vikings. Just like the Jets. And Gase was brought in to change the culture and be an innovative, offensive-minded guy that For was Darnold that was that had Lady a recommendation from Peyton Manning because they said he can do things to make the offense great. Well, how can the Jets' offense be that bad, right? You're supposed to get the best out of town. How can Mike Tom on that offense still win games? I know the defense is great. How can they do it with a guy named Duck? He's the third string. Duck Hodges, baby. Duck, I mean, Duck Hodges. You man. gotta get. The Ravens. No, last year when we got done with the Ravens at the wild card and Lamar Jackson, we're like, oh my god, this guy is awful. He, he was not. Yeah, he didn't look. Greg good. Roman and that team went all in. They changed the flash of the thing and they built the offense around him, and they were able to do things. Mm -hmm. You got to be innovative. You got to be able to do things. We talk about Andy Reid getting guys in certain situations, schematics, strategy. No, you're right. You're 100%. And then Sean Payton, we talk about – Sean McVay, up until about three weeks ago, we were like, ah, the Rams are done. They're, they're awful. Blah, look blah, at blah. him now. Now look at what Sean McVay. He's reinvented himself the last couple of weeks. They've used Gurley in certain situations. They've had more balance on the offense. The offensive line didn't get better. The injuries were still there. They didn't pick up any guys. They didn't – Jared Goff didn't figure out how to play quarterback all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. But they've been much – Sean McVay was brought there. He's been more innovative. They've been – they've used things that have worked for him. And the things that don't work, they got rid of them. Here's my thing about this whole thing. And Bilicek, 100% right on. You just can't. Good players. These are great players. You want to know why the Minnesota Vikings have been really good this year? And why Kirk Cousins has been really good this year too? Because they feed the ball to 33. They feed the ball to their workhorse in the backfield. He's also healthy. Yeah, he's 100% healthy too. That helps. We knew what he could be when he's healthy. Look at the Panthers. Now, I know they're not going to the playoffs, and they're not a good team right now. But they feed the ball to Christian McCaffrey. You could put the Baltimore Ravens in that conversation now. Mark Ingram, he's been excellent. He's been a better back than Alvin Kamara this I, year. And look at him. They feed him the ball. Can I interrupt you for one second? And it's, the only reason why I'm saying this is because I just saw it over your head in the TV. And I'm thinking about the Oakland Raiders and what John Gruden is doing. And we were talking about culture. And they've been so poor in culture, Oakland Raiders. Oh, yeah. So and to think where John Gruden has gotten this team this year, you can see, not a lot, but you can see they changes are starting they to buy, buy into culture. You have to buy the most important thing you know for what? a team to be successful. Team guys. Team no, guys. Not, that yes, that's true. But it's, it's the first thing first of why teams are successful in this league and why teams are not. You have to buy into the message. That is being sent by the coaches. Yes. You have to buy into the message. If you do not buy into the message, it doesn't matter how talented you are. Those players will be gone, and you don't want them. 
there, see you later, and we want next guy that is willing to buy into that message. You want to know why Terrell Owens never worked out for a team? He never bought into a message. It was always about himself. Randy Moss, you can even point that. But when he went to the Patriots, because he bought into the system. Well, he bought into the message. If I can take Guess what, what Saban and Belichick Look said what in that he documentary, did. I'll say this. Players and coaches change every year. Philosophy should not. No. The organization theme should not. It should trickle down from the top to the bottom. Coach coordinators change, players change, free agents, guys get hurt. You but guess what? The culture should never change. The, the mantra should, should never change. And that's for any coach. If you get a new head coach, that's fine. But that coach's message should always stay the same. It should never change. And we're gonna get into this coaching, speaking of that. And like I just said about why these teams, like the Steelers and, and Titans and all them and Bills are great, because the coach sends a great message and the, and the team buys into it. And why the Jets and Giants are in the situation that they are in, because they don't buy into the message. And that's why players have been released, they've been traded, or they've been cut, they've been see you later, because they don't buy into the message. And that's why those two teams, I specifically talk about those teams because we are from the New York area. And I'll put the Cleveland Browns in that as well. The Cleveland Browns, the way they are, is because they, a team can't buy into the message. And we were watching the Nick Saban, the art of coaching. And I, I, like I said, and I can't harp on it enough, you have to, you, if you are a fan of sports, and you're a fan of coaching, a great coaching, the greatest of coaching, you want to watch this. Nick Saban, the reason why Nick Saban and, and Bill Belichick are unbelievable and why they're and everybody gets annoyed oh why do they why are they always winning i hate alabama i have uh, because you know what these guys the season's over the next day they're in the office looking at next season's tapes or pre of the of past season's tapes and see what they can get better yeah. what the offensive line can do but this, what the quarterback can do what they do every day they're so precise and they're so specific that they are looking at everything under a microscope they don't let one little thing if it's a piece of air that falls to the ground they do they not come miss from the it. same seed remember yes. watching the beginning thing and they, yes. they were telling about the two guys one guy born in west virginia mm -hmm. one guy um you know born over here you know um excuse comes me from the father comes from so i'll just say this belichick's father was a navy man you know built was born on a base Discipline. I don't want to tell him too much. No, I don't. But discipline, this. respect, doing everything. Do you remember the Saban thing when he was telling the story about his girlfriend? He was <laughs> yeah. like 16 years old and he broke up with his girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. He walked yeah. around. He was really upset. He was blah, down. Blah, blah, he was a 15 year old. He wasn't doing yeah. it. His father, he was working for his father in an auto mechanic shop. Yeah. And he was telling him about, about doing the right thing and being consistent. Oh, someone's not going to have a job. Yeah. Oh, you don't have a girlfriend, huh? Well, guess what? You're not going to have a job soon if you keep it up like this. And, and, that, and, that's, and he understood about work ethic. And yep. not you're going to face adversity, adversity and things in life. Life is going to hit you hard. Like Rocky said in the movie, life's going to hit you harder than anyone else ever hit you. But it's how you get back up when you hit rock bottom or when you hit the bottom. This is, and we talked about this in the first part of our show. And if you didn't get to check out our first part of the show, you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube. Check us out, Keys to the City. But like I just said, kind of in the first part with – and we were talking with Joe, is the Cole thing. And the Yankees were willing to do anything they could 
to get Garrett Cole because that's what they wanted. That was their prize. That was their goal is to get Garrett Cole in the pinstripes. They were going to do everything possible in their way. No matter what, nothing was going to get in their way. They were going to do anything they could to get Garrett Cole. And Nick Saban and Bill Belichick are the definition of going that extra mile. How much are you willing to do to be great? In and anything. You look at, and you look at all these coaches in the NFL and college. There's great coaches. Don't get me wrong. But you look at these two specifically. Love them or hate them. These guys know how to coach, but they know how to go that extra mile because they want to be great. And that's what it comes down to in the world. And this is not just about sports. This is about life. How much are you willing to go every day of your life to be better and to be greater? These guys do it 24-7, nonstop. And that's why their simple thing, they have a simple message. Both of them. And it's all over the locker rooms and stuff. It's very simple. Do your job. That's it. It's the most simple term that you can possibly send to people. And it's so powerful. Just do your job. And I was completely fascinated for that full hour that watched it. I was laughing. I was smiling. It was powerful, man. Yeah, because when, was, when, when I was thinking about smiling, part, I was going to bring up the part. Remember just seeing uh, the them. Belichick oh. thing? So it was the 2017. Remember yeah. Randy and yeah, Tom yeah, Brady? Yeah, they were yeah, all yeah. It was before practice. And he, he was like, okay, so situation, guys. He's like, team, we're up 17 against a team. Start of the fourth quarter. He's like, Bobby. Started the second half. Started the second half. No, yeah. he said the fourth quarter. Okay. Fourth quarter. He's like, we have our hands team out there. He's like, what do you think they're going to do? What would you do? So he's like, being prepared. And the point of what I'm saying is being prepared. He's like, say we're up three, minute 30 left. We've got the, uh, and they bring their kicking team out and they have two timeouts. And we bring our hands team. What should we expect? We've got to be expected for a, uh, a pooch kick or maybe a deep kick. So we've got to be prepared. He goes, well, what if we have a regular kickoff team and they bring our hands team? we got to be ready for it. He goes, what if we're up 17? So he's always thinking strategically. What are we going to do? And what he's doing is he's making the players think. What are we going to do? We're always prepared. I remember dad used to tell us, like on the baseball field, or you, so like say you're playing third base or shortstop. Uncle Ronnie, perfect example, or Uncle George, who used to say, okay, the ball's hit you and a man's on first and there's one out. What are we going to do with it? You Have an idea in your head where you're going to throw the ball. What are you going to do? Be prepared. Ah, the ball's in the hole. Or the ball's hit to right field. The guy's at first. Where should we go? Make sure you get back to cover third or you're backing up a plate or you're doing this. Always be prepared. You should always be moving and thinking. And that's what Belichick and Saban, they're one of the best in strategically understanding and game plans. And, and every inch and every – here because what they're trying to do is get the best out of their players for whatever it's worth. And that's why they're the most successful coaches in yeah. the past. Maybe in the history. They Listen, are. They are the best no, they, two they, coaches they are. in their They will go down as the sports. two greatest greatest coaches in maybe all the sports. And they coach Other together. than maybe John Wooden, you might put these two up there. Just like you just said. And that's what I said is, is the factor that there's, like I said, great coaching there's great coaching. There's bad coaching. But you look at these two. They set the standard. They set the bar of what greatness is about. Why and and every I just, team is trying to pull their coaches away from it. them. And, I, and you just said it, too. Situational. Like, there's other coaches that do that. But they just go a, a whole nother level, a whole nother notch of just everything. Like I said, they are looking at every little thing, micros literally under a microscope, Everything that is missed. 
if the hot dog vending guy misses a guy, they're looking at everything. That's what greatness is. That's what great people do. That's what people that want to be better than everyone else. That's what it comes down to. And that's why Bilicek and Saban, each and every time they are playing, they are probably they are the best yeah, coach. When you say they are the best coach in the field, ninety percent, ninety five percent of the time. And when you say hundred percent of the time, they I'll haven't say. always been the most talented team. No, so you can't use that as an excuse. Now Alabama, yes, they do get top. Recruits. Well, recruiting is recruiting. They're recruiting, it's, it's different. But in here's college. the other thing: you also have to make sure that these eighteen to twenty two year old kids believe your statement. It's tougher for Saban than it would probably be for Belichick because younger kids have that mindset that they don't want to work. They don't want to work. Well, they no, want they, to no, they do want to work. They just don't know how to but work. But they do get lazy, and you can't. You have to send that message from the beginning that if you're going to be lazy and you're not going to work your tail off, then you're not going to be a part of this team. Belichick, you get that message right from the start because you have players that have already been in different cultures, different teams that sometimes come to the Patriots, and they see Belichick. He's all business, and they're like, okay, this is this is for real. This is what it's all about. So, for people that want to watch this, I highly recommend because I we fought, we watched it and we wanted to watch it and it Did was you just, know about it before I told you about the other coaching thing that I told you. I saw it on on Instagram. The NFL was posting little clips and I'm like, what is this? And I was like, and I wanted to and and then you said we got to watch this thing and I was like, you know what? Yeah, I really do want to watch it because well, I want to know. What, first of all, I want to know films presented. I want you know they do a phenomenal. I want to know what they do. These guys, these two legends. Well, they don't really tell you what they do, but no, they that's fine. But they I tell do. the story of how they became exactly. who they are and, and that's why what they're I, so great. That's what I want to know. How they became who they are. And that's what fascinated me for that hour that I saw. You know, people say, oh, man, I wasted a full two hours of that. Well, that was an hour that I, I'm glad I saw because those two, where they are, they're the pinnacle of coaching. They're the top. They're the top guys in their sports and forever will be. There's great coaching. Bill, when we talk about John Wooden, you'll have Bilicek and Saban in that same conversation. That's how great they are. And it's because the culture and the message that they send. And people and, and buy, buy into, into and the people, team. And people buy into it. And that's why the teams that they have, have coached, whether it's been in the page whether it's been the Patriots, whether it's been the Browns, whether it's been the Giants, whether it's been the Kent State, Dolphins. Michigan State, Dolphins, LSU. Michigan State. All yeah. those teams with maybe the exception of the Dolphins with Saban, all those teams, he always had that message. It was always the same message, and that's why those teams, when they were coaching there, were always great. That's what great coaching does. Like Saban, like Bilicek said, good players can't overcome great bad coaching. It's very simple. That's why the Giants, and, I'm, and, and we're going to close out with this because these are two teams that have been, and we mentioned them early on in this, in this part, in this segment, is the Titans... And the Steelers, two teams that bought into culture. And the Steelers have forever been that. Me- they've always had that same message. It didn't matter who their coach was. It was always the same. It's the Pittsburgh Steeler way or the highway. That's what it was. The Tennessee Titans, though, talk about a team that, oh, the Tennessee, they're not. And I'm not saying these two teams are going to make a run. But you look at the consistency w- with the Tennessee Titans as well. They were bad because they had a bad culture. Jeff Fisher was the coach at times. And then they had years that they tried to find new coaches and never got that message. Mike Vrabel comes in, and guess what? Look what the Tennessee Titans are. 9-7 and seven last year, playoffs. 
this year look like they could be going to the playoffs. Maybe a division title. Nine and seven, like every year. Maybe a division title is in the works as well. And it's because of the message that's sent. So my question to you, Ted, and I'll just run it down for you of how these teams have gotten here. So the Steelers, they started one and four. We all thought they were going to be a top 10 team. They traded for Minka Fitzpatrick, their first round pick. We all thought it was a bad mistake. Boy, oh boy, how's that worked out for him? You also know the story that Big Ben went down early on in the season. And then Mason Rudolph just wasn't the guy that they thought they were hoping for. So now they're down to the third string quarterback, Duck Hodges. Your boy, Duck. <laughs> they lose their number one receiver and Juju Smith-Schuster. They lose their number one running back, James Conner. They've won seven of the last eight games. Currently sixth in the playoffs. Now the Tennessee Titans started two and four. Made a bold decision to bench their hopeful quarterback that they were praying would be their franchise. Never panned out. He'll be done. See you later. And then guess what? They got a guy named Ryan Tannehill. A guy that's already been released from a current team. And guess what? A rejuvenation. The second coming of Ryan Tannehill. Well, they've won six of seven. And currently tied for the AFC South. Both have two huge matchups this week. Both playoff games. A division title is in reach. I can't say that about Pittsburgh because Baltimore just clinched that last night. But they're both in contention to make the playoffs. And it's and it reverts back to what we've been talking about this entire part of the show. Is the culture, is the belief, is the message, is just buying in. And that's why both of these teams, they were terrible. They were terrible for part of the season. For half of the, for major, almost a quarter of the season, they were two of the bad teams in this league. And they could have done it like any other team has done in the past. Pack their bags and say, oh, it was a good year. We, it was fun, but it's over. No. What did they do? They kept fighting. They kept winning. And now both teams are in the playoffs race. One's in. One's tied. Could change all this weekend. Ted, my question to you is, which turnaround has been more impressive? Which turnaround is easy. It's the Steelers. Is it easy, though? Yes, because of the players that are not on the field. And that's the reason only why I say that. But I think you have to really respect what the Tennessee Titans have done. It wasn't an easy move to move on from Mariota. It never is, bro. It never is. But it's been the smart thing. Listen, Tannehill has been one of the best quarterbacks in football since he's been the starting quarterback. (laughs) He has one loss. Unbelievable. So I was just reading something quick right here. This season, uh, Tannehill's completion through, through 203 throws is actually 63. But if they do it by the analytically, he's 73.4. That 10-point differential is the best since Next Gen started in 2016. He's completing a high level of passes. He's the best on play-action passes. He is athletic. He has changed everything how you look at the Titans. He is and they, con- for a team that we thought might need a quarterback, he is, they he, might try to sign him. Not maybe. I, I'm hoping not long-term because I think best suited for him is a two-year deal for him. Give him that, and guess what? The Tennessee Titans might not have to worry about finding a quarterback for a couple years. He has the highest um, QBR yards per attempt 
right now since he's been the starting quarterback at 9.8. So I'm not going to give you the dumb stats because who cares? The stats get back up. He's played as a top three or four quarterback since he's been playing in. If he was a starting quarterback, we're not saying he's a top. We're not saying for anybody that's going to jump and say, oh, he's a top five quarterback. He's not a top. No, no, he's been playing like a top five quarterback. He's been playing at an MVP type level since he's been starting a quarterback. He's been he's leading the league in completion percentage since he's been in. Play yeah. action pass has been huge. Now a lot of that has to do with Derrick Henry in the oh, running game. Man, They've he's been dynamic. Monster. He's a monster. But he is do you know they're averaging over 35 points a game since he's been the starting quarterback? Just think about that as a fan from the outside not knowing the Tennessee Titans and thinking about where Ryan Tannehill has been. That's what Miami thought he was. Yeah. Now, the more impressive thing is what the Steelers have done because of everything that you have named before. No running back, no receiver, no quarterback, third string. This guy hurt. What have that. they done? Next well, man done. up, just like the, just like the Patriots send that message too. But what Ryan Tannehill and the Titans have done has been incredible. It should be... Should be applauded, applauded for. I mean, for Mike Vrabel and the organization to stick with them, to stick with the plan, to not give up, nope. to keep doing what they do, play solid defense, and think about that decision. Like you said, that's a tough, tough decision to make. Like you think about, it, they're two and four. This is a, a contract year for Marcus Mariota as well. They're thinking, yeah, exactly. Bye bye. You're one hundred percent right. And I love Marcus Mariota, but his time in Tennessee is over with. He he is what he is. That's a tough decision to make. And they did that. They pulled they pulled the plug. They said, see you later. We have to make a move because right now it's just not working. And ever since Ryan Tannehill has taken over as the, as the main guy, that team has been almost unstoppable offensively. And defensively, they play well already. But just to add that whole, that's a tough decision to make. So Mike Rabel, and the, as you said, and the Tennessee coaching staff and the organization, Job well done for making a decision that some at the time may have not liked, but guess what? Those Tennessee Titan fans that didn't like it at the time are loving it now. And both of these teams have major game. Oh my this God! Sunday major with, games with, with huge playoff implications. The Steelers play home Sunday night, which got moved to the Sunday night I game love it. against the Bills, which is great because everything we've talked about stems with these two teams: defense, oh. culture. Sean McDermott has done a phenomenal job since yep. he's come from Carolina. Mm -hmm. Josh Allen, they have used him in the right ways that mm -hmm. they needed to. Similar they run to the what, football. And I said similar last... to what the Ravens have done with Lamar Jackson. They play hard-nosed defense. They have one of the oh. best defense. This game but I did say is going to be the old Ravens-Steeler game. Defense, physicality, punch you in the mouth, last man standing. Now, this, the Tennessee game, I'll pick a Tennessee to win. They're home. They're rolling. Me too. But I Houston, wouldn't be surprised Texas, Houston comes back. And, no, because and, here's the difference. They'll have the best player on the field in Deshaun Watson. And sometimes that could be all you need. There's some good players need. on that field. No, I know that. But Deshaun Watson is the best player. And since J.J. Watt has been off the Texans, since he's gotten hurt, they've had the worst pass rush in the NFL since he's left. And they also give up the 27th most y yards in play-action pass. So, and Tannehill and when, what has Tannehill been doing really well? Play-action play action. pass. Uh -oh. And if you can't get pressure on the quarterback with the Texans are, you're going to give him a lot of time. They're going to run the football. They're going to play home. This is a game that the Texans should win, but they won't because their See, culture has been the same. Here, here. Mediocrity and losing games that they should not lose to. That's why they lost last week to the Denver Broncos, <laughs> which should have never happened. Yeah, I know. Because... <laughs> They don't know how to win. But here's the thing. And I, that I also from said, coaching. I also said that I would not be surprised if the Tennessee Titans lost this week to the, and, and because that's what the Texans are. They're an inconsistency team. They're a team that one week looks like Super Bowl aspiration type team. 
or the next week they look like they should be in the top five of the NFL draft. That's just how they are. It's just you beat the how, pa- you dominate against the Patriots, how, and then the next week you're down twenty four to three against the thirty one to three. Was it thirty? They were getting killed, bro. They they they, they made it. Drew Locke look like a Hall of Famer after one week. I mean, Drew Locke. Who knows what's gonna happen? Sorry, with that. if you're a good team, That's that why, should yes. never happen. Yes. Yes. Sorry, one hundred percent. 100%. Doesn't happen no, to the 100%. Steelers. It doesn't happen to the Ravens. It doesn't happen to the Patriots. It doesn't happen to the Packers. They don't play. They don't beat a good team and the next week go home and get beat up thirty-one to three against the Denver Broncos with a rookie quarterback who's starting his second game ever. Doesn't happen to me. Pittsburgh Steelers have been more. Imp- I mean, one that stems to coaching. They, they were in the dumps. They were like where the Giants were at one point. They were in a top. We thought they were going to be a top three pick, it seemed like. And right now, they're eight and five with three of And of the four games? With their three best offensive weapons out. And I'm talking about Big Ben and Juju and James Conner. To just see that Mike Tomlin, job well done. Mike Rabel, job well done. Both of your teams are put in a position because of you guys and because of this team that has believed in themselves. Everybody doubted them. Everybody wanted to say they're done, and guess what? Well, well, These de- teams- well deserving, really so. Yep. You, when you lose a starting quarterback in the NFL, you usually don't have a Especially good Especially a Hall of Famer. Famer. And, and I was just going to say to you when I was trying to cut you off was if you take those four, the two games that we just said, the Steelers and Bills game and then the Texans, Texans the Titans, yeah. the Texans have the worst coach. So, Bill O'Brien. He's the worst coach of the four. Yes. I'll take Vaber, I'll take Tomlin, yes. and I'll take Sean McDermott They over. probably have the most talented team. When everyone's healthy. When everyone's healthy on that team, they're the most talented. Maybe. maybe. No. Uh, the Steelers are pretty talented. But right now, I would say the Texans are. But the reason why, because they're coaching, it's mediocrity, and it's and it comes back to, I mean, I've been, I know I've been repetition about this, but repeating myself, but it's about the culture. It's about the message. You have to buy in. If you don't buy in, your team's not going to be successful. That's why teams, like I've already said, the Giants are in with a position, the Jets, the Browns, the Texans, yes, are 8-5 and five right now, but the reason why they have been so inconsistent for so many years now is because they don't believe in the system. One week they're great, and the next week they're bad. If I had to pick, I'm picking the Steelers, and I'm picking the Titans. I'm picking both of them to win this week, quickly. I got Joe Burrow winning the Heisman without question. He takes he takes all the trophies this year, and then I got Army beating Navy. That's it. That's that. Do you have Do you have any Heisman? Do you have Joe Burrow? I mean, it's inevitable. Okay. I, mean, I don't. I think I don't think it. We're not talking about this because, but they act like Joe Burrow is like the greatest thing, and his stats are so much better. They do like, it every year. Jalen Hurts. Ted, they do it every year. But Jalen Hurts. It's what the Heisman people well, do. He, they hype it up. Well, here's the other thing. He came. As a tr- well, first of all, it's fun. Came from Ohio State. Yep. You got an LSU team that's not used to doing the things he's done. He's the young son story. He went from a non-draftee or a late-round draftee to the first <laughs> number one pick. Crazy. So that's part of the that's part of the thing because I was watching the thing last night. It's called America's Game and it was on. It's been doing the Heisman thing every Thursday night. When they do the Heisman on the ballot, it says most outstanding player. What does that mean? Does that mean the MVP of the team? the best player in football because if you were saying maybe best player in college football might be Chase Young but who's the most valuable player see and and, and that's the difference or most outstanding player who I was the gonna best actually, because I was when gonna, you look at Justin Fields and he has 40 touchdown passes and one interception and then he has like another 10 rushing touchdowns I was going to hold the I was going to hold Or you have Jalen Hurts I was going to hold Jalen Hurts who has 52 total touchdowns has over 3000 yards passing has over 1200 yards rushing he has been everything that Oakland has because they lost a running back I want to hold I want to hold this question off for the week of the college football playoff because all four quarterbacks I want to know who would be the most valuable 
Who's the most valuable to his team? We'll talk. Well, um, it's you can't. Uh, they're all the most valuable player. It's tough. But you think about those three, three of the four quarterbacks that are in the college football playoff transfers. Just think about that. I mean, it's slow on college football, but like I said, bowl season's going to start picking up. We'll be talking about it. Can't wait for the college football playoff, the New Year's Six Bowls game. But Army-Navy, do you got the uh, Army-Navy wins? Close one. Oh, you're picking Navy. We don't pick Navy. We pick Army. Damn. Always doing opposite. It's all right. Navy wins. Close one. Okay. Okay. Like I said, ladies and gentlemen, we are signing off. I hope everybody has a great, wonderful weekend as well. Joe Aguirre, thank you for joining us. It's been a good week to be Yankee fans. Enjoy these games. And enjoy your weekend. Christmas is right around the corner. We'll be talking also, coming up, we're going to be talking about a decade in review. We're not going to be doing a year in review because this is the end of the decade. We're having a decade in review before in the next couple weeks as well. But ladies and gentlemen, we are signing off. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. Everyone, we are out. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation So what you saying, what we saying, prime information Facts, keys to the city, we're locking the statements Streaming 